Let's get this thing started! Yo, 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 what is good, everybody? Welcome to Mount Draftmore. The Core 4 is assembled yet again, like the Avengers, so that we can conduct another draft. I'm joined by Matt, Dylan, and Dustin. How you doing, y'all? What's good? Hello. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Today we're drafting from the MCU movie lineup. So for those of you who don't know what MCU is, that's the Marvel Cinematic Universe, owned by Disney. But property of Marvel, dopeness of Marvel, storytelling of high consequence, relevance is in question. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the viewer. But we'll get to that. How y'all doing, Dustin? How you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I was just watching you go. None of us jumped in. <laughs> You're just ready for the next line. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. This is actually pretty funny because as someone who's not super into superheroes or maybe not into i love them i mean when i watch them i have a good time but definitely i'm looking at y'all as like some knowledgeable experts right now i'm like oh i'm a little scared a little scared 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 but i do remember when the first the avengers movie came out boom i was a freshman in college and i remember watching it and i thought in my head if there was an avengers team for partying like you call when you like a party's getting a little lame of course and you need to like ratchet that shit up you're like turn it up this needs to get lit real fast I really wanted to be on that team, and I thought I deserved a spot. <laughs> if you were on that team and you were one of those heroes, yeah, which one would you be? For partiers, yeah, like well, the Hulk. Nothing can bring me down. You think, oh, that shots, he's done. He's got like kegs on both <laughs> arms, like yeah. That's gonna, all of a sudden, I'm like regenerating shit. Like, oh man, that shot hit me. Oof, I'm down on the couch for 20 minutes, and then I'm back in, baby. And I was drunk. Oh, man, my parents are going to listen to this one. Sorry, Mom and Dad. but You I are was, of age. You're good. Oh. <laughs> I wasn't at the time. No, why'd you have to say that? They didn't have to swap. I was Mom walking, and Dad, sorry. I was, walking, I was walking home being like, I need to be on that team. And all my friends were laughing at me because I was really serious. And I still am serious. I need to be on that team. If you are part of the drinking Avengers squad and you call need a up. Hulk, call up Dustin. <laughs> Also, Drink Avengers assemble. <laughs> there you go. Also, Dustin, you're retroactively grounded. No. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. Yes. Dylan, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm excited. I love the MCU. I love comics. Uh, just for all y'all, you know, just so you know out there, this means no Deadpool. Okay, we're the MCU. Deadpool, as of... That's a Fox property yeah. as of this draft. Yeah, as of this draft. In well, the future, that's good. that might change in the future. Going to, hold <laughs> on. Wait. <laughs> no I'm, Logan. I'm holding my head no and closing my eyes in frustration because you can't watch this, but I'm like, yes. Dylan is 100% right. Matt, prior Fox property, currently owned by Disney. It is not owned by Fox. Yes, so, you're correct. I know. You're correct. I, I know. I wanted to clear that up because I know some listeners will be like, hold up, wait, what did Matt just say? Check your map back. <laughs> so it's not that Matt's wrong. <laughs> yeah. He was just talking so fast that he kind of got lost in the I'm information. Saying like, he hasn't been incorporated into the MCU yet. Yeah. Yes, these but, films are not tied to MCU. Yes. Owned by Disney, but not Fox. But he yes. and the X Men may soon in the future get tied into the MCU. Yeah, we we see you Wandavision, maybe yeah. question mark. Maybe that's maybe? huge. Maybe and also uh, perhaps the Fantastic Four. I think that's coming. Yeah. Uh, in our future, which previously was not. Who was that owned by? Was that Sony? 
It was owned by Fox. It was owned by, by Fox. Fox? Yeah. Okay. Fox had all yeah. the mutants, basically. Yo, in our core four, <laughs> who is the Captain America and who is the Tony Stark of the group? Because those two always butt heads. I'm like, who? who is that? Who's butting heads? Or, or who's the leader and who wants to be the leader and has just a giant ego? Well, I don't like this as question. If we're, as, if we're going to, as if we're going to answer that live. <laughs> Very spontaneous question that we don't have an answer for. Maybe we'll That's come okay. back Maybe to Maybe at the later. end of the episode. I was yeah. all diving yeah. into that our is, own personality. I was, I was instantly like, huh. All right. That got complicated. Mr. Quick. Red there. Ranger over there. <laughs> <laughs> this is on a whole and nother Leonardo level. And Leonardo Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's on a whole nother level here. Matt? Well, I'm hold gonna... on a second. Sorry to cut you off. <laughs> Let me send it. It's like I sent it to you, and then I pulled it back with my WandaVision power. Dylan, what Avenger would you be on whatever? You don't have a drinking team that you're doing, but. Oh, man. That's a really good question. Hold on. Let me let, go to Matt, and let me think about that. Well, Dustin had to pick on the spot. Why yeah, can't you pick yeah, on the spot? Well, if you want on this team Talk about ego. Tony Stark over here. You need to sell yours. This is like a job interview. I'm the Hulk. I'm already got. I got got my spot on the team. What makes you worthy of being a drinking Avenger? <laughs> uh, oh man, that's such a good question. I don't know. I I think Captain America is cool, but I'm not Captain America. I'm just not that type of leader who can just be like, "Yep, this is what we're doing." I feel right like now. I feel like you're the Hawkeye. Like you're the the sniper hanging out in the I background. I could do that. You got know? the Hawkeye hair too. I yeah. would love to do that. Yo, okay, I'll I'll do that. Although so, my wife always makes fun of Hawkeye, but she makes fun of me too. So maybe that works. Okay. All right. Thank you, Dylan. You're here back. You're here back from us in a week. All we'll right. let you know if you get the job. Great. So then I feel like it's like Tony Stark and Cap. We don't really butt heads. Too no, much, no, no. Like we're, we're good on good terms, Tony Stark and Cap. As of right now. Yeah. Yeah. Wait till Civil War. It's true. We'll get to that yeah. later. All right, Matt. So go for it. All right. Uh, unrelated superheroes. I uh, just want to give y'all a news announcement that coming 2022, as of Recent in this past week, we have learned that Hamilton is going to make another run at the <gasps> Paramount. So, Ooh, yeah. just a little uh, word to the wise: tickets <laughs> going to be impossible to find again. Exactly. But these two are getting excited, and I'm over here rolling my eyes like, "No, nah. I've never seen it. I want to, but I, I want to see it. it. And we all want to see it. Yeah, that's why tickets but are going to be impossible. We're not going to see it, please. In an age where people scalp sneakers. And PlayStations, we're not going to get to see Hamilton. If anyone out there wants to hit us up with some tickets, although I d- <laughs> they don't even hit up the comments. How are they going to hit us up about tickets? <laughs> I, I do have a buddy of mine, my buddy Zach, who uh, his husband works for STG. But the problem is that, like again, even he has limited ability to uh, procure said tickets. So I'm not. Again, I'm probably with all y'all. Like, we're going to miss out. But I just wanted to shout out that, hey, who knows? Maybe it could happen. It might happen. I'd like to see it happen. But Hamilton 2022 CL uh, Paramount Theater. So, yeah. Nice. All right, Matt. So what Avenger are you then? Like, you made a reference to Tony and Cap, but I think I, I think I would be Iron Man. You're Iron yeah. Man? Like, he, he's kind of witty. He's got some snarky comments every now and again. Like, maybe sometimes he sees himself as a leader, but he's not really the leader. So... That's funny. Well, I don't really have anything to say. Yeah. I don't have anything to update anyone on. I live a dull life as a PE teacher, just so y'all know. But if I guess if we're an Avengers team here, I'm the Captain America. I definitely see myself as a leader. Yeah. I def- definitely stick to the code. 
Yeah. Why do you oh, think you I keep call the show you Red Ranger? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you yeah. love uh, the leaders. You said Leonardo is your favorite turtle, right? Yep, he yeah. was. Nice. The leader. He was nice. blue and he had two swords. <laughs> I always go for the comedy. Clearly, I'm okay with being like the funny like person on the side. See, like. and I don't want it to come across as I don't like comedy. I do. I appreciate comedy, you know. But when we're going to battle, time, is time and place for that. <laughs> time and place for the comedy. Let's joke after we've won at the expense of the people we've beaten. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's it. And with that... We are drafting MCU movies. Matt has relinquished his seat at number four. I flipped the script. This has not happened many oh, a time. Gosh. I don't know. Has it ever happened? It's happened once. I've drafted first on the mascot's draft, and that was an wow. easy one. But this is yeah. an incredibly hard one. Wow. <laughs> Matt's got number one. Dustin is number two. Woo woo. I will be number three again. Double number threes back to back. Not complaining. Hey, you're mm-hmm. you're the question mm-hmm. and the answer. Yep. Wow. <laughs> there wow. We go. I'm basically Poetic Alan Matt. Iverson. There you go. And Dylan will have the roundabout. Y'all, this is going to be a fun topic. I asked everyone before the podcast, on a scale of 1 to 10, where are you in relation to Marvel movies? How much do you follow? How much do you like, dislike, whatever? And Matt and Dylan, well, technically, Dylan cheated, and he was like, I'm an 11. <laughs> <laughs> Spinal tap. Yeah. We don't do that shit. So he he thinks he's a ten. Matt thinks he's a ten. Dustin was forthcoming and said he's five. a five. He's realistic. I I interpret that as a casual watcher. You'll yep. watch them. Yep. But you're not investing like any extra thought pattern into like back plots, yep. theories, any of that shit, which is fine. Like the movies are made in a sense for that type of viewer. Yeah. It's a boom bang. Not the most substance. Like a five and up kind of thing. Like we'll yeah. we'll get the super fans and we'll also get the people who are like along for the ride, watching because their friends are or it's a big new movie that everyone's talking about. Sure, I'll go along. Exactly. Like Marvel knows how to cater to its fans while also making a product that can be applicable to yeah, to everyone. Definitely. Well, yeah. I mean, so. Endgame what like rate what would that get like two billion dollars crazy money i I mean crazy that's like a small small nation right there all my eighth graders wouldn't shut up about that movie there's like end game end game you know what happens at the end and it's like we're not talking about end game save it till lunch and it was just like spider-man dies (laughs) (laughs) like no i told you we're not talking about Uh, that right now i don't feel so good Yeah, yeah seriously all right yeah so there's Coming from a wide range. Myself, put myself at the higher the higher end of those numbers, like a Twelve. nine or ten. <laughs> no, I don't break the scale. It's a scale of one to ten. Cat follows the rules. It, yeah. see? Red Ranger follows the Here rules. Here we go. There's a rule. It's ten. That's what it is. That's so funny. Matt, first pick. Round one. You All right. have it. God, this is there are several drafts where there's definitely a McDonald's dilemma where there's an easy number one pick, and you're just debating whether or not you agree with that pick, but you recognize it has to be taken. I don't think that there's a generally a number one, a one-one of this particular genre of draft. But I'm going to take one more along the lines of big picture. You have to start somewhere. And that's where I'm going to go with the original Iron Man, 2008. Whoa. Nice. <laughs> well, I did not see that one coming. And the reason why I pick it is that it's the first attempt at making a really serious modern superhero movie that's attempting to connect multiple different characters to build up to something. All right, this is a 
this is an unknown quantity at this time when it comes out, and it changes the game fundamentally. Right, Robert Downey Jr., this is his first attempt at a redemption arc because he had been struggling for a very long time with substance addiction and you name it, all sorts of different problems. So the studio is taking a, a gamble on him, risk number one. Number two is to create a modern superhero movie that wasn't corny and that could be taken seriously and that could build on subsequent movies to link together a larger franchise. This is like the birth story of the MCU fundamentally. Nice. All right, Iron Man 1 and it does change the game. It can be a, a serious, like, it does have his comedic moments, of course. Robert Downey Jr., I think, is the perfect person at the perfect time to place Tony Stark, Iron Man. And it's done in a way that's not corny. It's not just, a, like, a guy in a metal suit, but it's rather like a guy who's complicated emotionally. He has a complicated backstory with his father uh, being in Stark Industries, being the manufacturer of weapons of war. And then he trans, he kind of comes, has this like come to Jesus moment of like, I don't want to be associated with Stark industries making weapons of war anymore. I want to do good. Yeah. And then he even admits the fact that he is Iron Man at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. uh, kind of, you know, squashing all the whole, like superheroes need to be mysterious and you don't know their identities. So this is fundamentally the first, this is phase one. It starts here mm-hmm. with Iron Man one, 2008, Again, it's ahead of its time, if you think about it in retrospect. Unknown commodities across the board. Just think of where we've come from. But you, this is the starting point. Yeah. And I feel like because of its significance, of its time and place, and what it does to set up the future. I mean, at the end of the movie, post-credits, Nick Fury comes on the scene. He's talking about the Avengers Initiative. Mm. All right? Mm-hmm. That... To have like a movie start to link together other movies in a superhero way. Superhero movies make so much money nowadays. Yeah. And they are so part of our cultural phenomenon. But this is the first meeting point, the first like thought bubble of could this be possible? And it was enormously successful. So that's a long winded way of saying that Iron Man won. It's my first pick one, round one. Plus, nice, it's cool Matt. as fuck. I do want to push back on the idea that Iron Man is set, it is setting the tone for what we now know as the MCU. But did it start it off? No. Hell no. X-Men through Fox and Spider-Man through Sony had already done it and had already done multiple installments that had proved successful relative to its successor. Um, So Iron Man wasn't the first. Like Hugh Jackman's Wolverine has been around a a lot longer than Tony Stark's Iron Man. And Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man is iconic for a reason. Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man... Say what you will about Spider-Man 3. <laughs> and is that Spider-Man, the one where the, yeah. the dark Spider-Man comes in? Or is it's, that yeah, it's they, a, do, they uh, do a terrible so job the walk, of them. Yeah. Not, it's the not a dark the, Spider-Man. It's, what is it? It's technically an alien it's life symbiote. form. Yeah. Um, and it it like binds on and it kind of replicates... Like it has similar powers to Spider-Man, but it doesn't actually shoot web. It shoots... Parts of Dude, that it. that suit was dope, though. Oh, like super that, dope. Oh, was that considered Venom Clean. in that movie? Well, yeah, I mean, Venom, Venom Maguire, comes out in that movie. Tobey yeah. Maguire is technically Venom in that third Spider-Man. But Spider-Man 1 and 2 with Tobey Maguire, that is really what sets the stage for you go, Marvel Toby. taking the chance on a character like Iron mm. Man. Because Iron Man is a harder character to write mm-hmm. than, say, than, say, spider That's why they did Spider-Man, Hulk, Fantastic Four, and X-Men before... Iron Man. Now again, I'm I'm making it clear to y'all listeners, Iron Man, great pick. But I want to try and like tidy that up a little bit because Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, Hugh Jackman in X-Men, X-Men 2, those guys set the stage for what we now see as like the consistent cinematic 
superhero yeah. release. Yeah. I would I, I think the the big distinction is understanding that those guys kind of laid that foundation. Definitely I completely agree with you. Like on the, the OG Tobey Maguire Spider Man, the original X Men movies in the early two thousands set the stage for like this is possible to convey a superhero in a live action movie that's not corny. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the fir- both of the first two, s- Mr. Computer Guy over there, look up the, look up how much money Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 1, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 2, and then Iron Man made in the box office. Okay, hold on. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'd say uh, I'm I'm containing my pick within the MCU alone. No, and that yeah, is okay, perfect. Yeah. I'm and and yes, it sets the groundwork for the MCU. But your statement was so bold, my friend. It was so just like <laughs> for all superhero films. Hold on, pull it back. Here I want to la- I want to give respect yeah, to like the founders. For sure, the OGs. I th- you and I are on the same wavelength. I think I made my blanket statement with the assumption that we're talking about the MCU. <laughs> Cap Iron Man. There okay. you go. See, yeah, hey, yeah. hey, we're on we're on the same page here. We're See, on the same page. Here I was at my five. I'm going to be such an easy judge to win over because I was just like hearing it and I was like, wow. Matt, you're speaking with a lot of heart. I can tell that you really like this pick. <laughs> All that little nuance went right over my head. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. So keep that in mind, okay. Dylan and Ben. Here it comes. Sell me on this. But I just... I, you did. You corrected it. So now yeah. I know. But otherwise, I was just thinking, wow. And what a classic Matt pick. Because you love like the classic, the origins, the chip episode, our very first one. You were all mm-hmm. about that original Doritos, nacho. You're like thinking... What set the groundwork for the rest of beautiful chips to come? Bam, that's such a classic map pick. Cap and I are on the same page. Yeah. yeah. See, I'm just feeling good, supportive team member. I'm at my five. I'm at my <laughs> Hulk. I mean, I'm like the not buff Hulk. I'm not like pissed off. I'm like, I don't like my angry self. You're Dr. Hulk. Yeah. Um, okay. Like, Good job, man. All right. Anyway, <laughs> let's move off of me. Let's so, move off of me. I spent a lot of time. Keep all the attention on Matt. Spider Man yeah, one eight hundred and fifty three million. Spider Man two seven hundred something, and then Iron Man is five hundred eighty five. Okay. So yeah. Iron, I think, like having recently looked at all the budgets and and shit like that, like Matt makes a good point in that Iron Man is an entry into the MCU and and showing that something much much bigger could be obtained. What, what had come before was kind of like trilogies. And also think about the context of the time. We're getting in a tangent here. But like deep. the it's context fine. of the time is the Dark Knight and Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. And what's Love. happening. That, that superhero Knight. movies are contained within themselves. One of the best trilogies. Yeah. So, so, so good. So good. But com- completely different tone though, right? I yeah. mean, in a lot of ways. Is it like gritty? Yeah. Is it kind of realistic? Yeah. But it's it's uh, wow. like, I don't know. Iron Thank Man you is totally so- different. No, thank you so much for bringing that up because, again, like, Matt, I, I now understand what you're saying. Like, it set the groundwork for what we know as the MCU. Yes. It is not the foundation of great super... Like, no, the no, dark no. Batman Begins and the Dark Knight. Oh, oh. my God. Christopher, Christopher <laughs> Nolan <laughs> took superheroes genre into a level that I don't even think the MCU yes. has hit. On DC, the DC universe is still like, oh, shit, we can't replicate that. Yeah. It's uh, so... They can't. It, it's... It's so perfect. Yeah. Yo, Marjorie does not like superhero movies, but Dark Knight, I force her to watch, and sure enough, it was like, this isn't even a superhero movie. This is just like transcending genres. It's, it's so crazy. good. It's, it's really, crazy. It's so it's really deep, good. and Heath Ledger, oh, but that that's being another said, universe. So great. <laughs> I think some MCU movies do almost hit that level, and that we can get into that later yeah. if someone brings yeah. them up. So, Dustin. Tell me, Dylan, which ones? Can no, 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 no. <laughs> Dustin, it is Whisper your pick. Whisper in my ear. Yeah, yeah. Dustin, it is your pick. 
Oh, man. So go ahead and take it away. Not all eyes on Matt for the entire thing? No. Oh, bummer. <laughs> Gotta move to you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I was enjoying that, and I, I'm learning so much already. My pick, my first-round pick, is going to be my favorite, personal favorite, and I think it deserves a high-up spot, which is Black Panther. Solid. Yes. And it has such mm-hmm. a huge cultural impact. I mean, even the music soundtrack, you had Kendrick Lamar and SZA in there. You have, that soundtrack's like, so good. Uh, it's so good. And then I was watching it, and there was so much, like, cool Afrofuturism. And even as, like, the, the storyline, like, a really complex plot, it has one of the most sympathetic villains in there with Killmonger. Like, my teaching partner actually used the museum scene for, like, you know, stealing artifacts out of native lands and all that for her EdTPA, which is, like, a big test for teachers, BT-dubs. Uh, and I've, like, referenced that movie, too. Like, we've broken it down in classes. Like, Killmonger is such an interesting, like, his end goal isn't necessarily what's wrong in, like, helping oppressed people. His methodology, like, how he's going to get there with more war, more violence. There's, like this point where both T'Challa and Killmonger are, are kind of seeing each other's sides a bit. Like we're both for the betterment of our people. It's just that you're almost like reversing the flow of injustice the other way, which is not going to be the way that we heal as a society. It was so cool. That's the kind of writing where for su- superhero movies, when they get to a little bit of a deeper spot, that's where they, they hook people like me in because I'm used to like superhero movies. Maybe I'm just like biased or I'm just thinking about the wrong ones, the wrong examples, but you know, where it's like, pow kaboom and then there's like a cheesy little joke after i just knock someone out like yeah that will show them ha 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 this one got a little bit more serious and just had such a huge impact i remember so many like people just even non-superhero fans saying like i have to go see that movie like i just gotta go so when it kind of reaches out into even the non-mcu parts of society kudos good job black panther also there's a like the whole the museum scene where Killmonger is in there, it it made me immediately think, and you guys will all get this. Nobody else is going to get this, but you guys will. I was like such a Walter Parker like <laughs> our finders keepers. Like yeah. I immediately popped my head. I was like, oh, I spent too much time around that guy, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, Killmonger yes. is a really like Eric. His name's Eric, right? Yeah, Eric is a really interesting character because it, at some point in the movie, he stops saying we and he starts using I pronouns mm. because you can see the transition uh in oh, his mentality shit. of how he's thinking about the world working Ooh. and it stops being such a collectivist mentality and more of like a well i want power mentality and you can really see that when he destroys the heart-shaped herb yes you can see that it's a symbol power corrupts yes yeah. that movie's so good and yet he he uh, totally influences T'Challa to take the path that he takes in the end. So, yes. yeah. He, like, f- he forces a protagonist to grow as a villain. Like, T'Challa needs that for his own character development. Yes. Thank you, Dylan. It's a really great I film. I appreciate it. Solid, <laughs> solid, solid, solid pick. Solid Definitely pick. a solid pick. Does that mean I get the best rated? Yes, <laughs> it does. Does That's nothing to say. Like, that's nothing against Black Panther. I love the Marvel movies. Oh, it's my... Are you... By the way, are you good? I'm good. Okay. <laughs> it's my pick. I got the third pick, so that's why I'm talking. Just for a little context on my picks, the rating system I'm using assesses the films in four categories, those being the relevance to the overall MCU, the film's writing and story, the amount of action in the film, because it's a superhero movie. We want some action and the risk that the studio took in making the film. 
And I didn't come up with this rating system myself. Don't give me credit. It's Eric Foss at New Rockstars who came up with this. But I did use this system when I did my rewatch for this podcast. And based on that, mm, I'm going to take... <laughs> now, see, the top two... I, and and after a rewatch, it's like, oh, yeah, you, you start to kind of break it down and you think, oh, this makes a lot of sense, like kind of using that rating. And so I'm going to start keeping it in the MCU realm. I'm going to go with Captain America Winter Soldier. Nice. Solid. And, solid. And, a, and when we were talking about the Dark Knight, with the Batman films, you think not Marvel has tried to stay in its lane while also reach for what Batman has done. And Captain America Winter Soldier is the closest film to that. And that's not to say that it's great because of that. It's great for its own reasons. It brings, it brings the Russo brothers into the Marvel fold. They're the ones who are responsible for the bigger events later on, Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame. Endgame. Yeah. So they end up becoming architects of this larger storyline. In terms of what's laid out in the story, it's a solid 10. It's it plays like a James Bond movie that it's a, features it's a Captain spy thriller. Yeah. yeah, it's yes. not. It doesn't. You're talking about how Marjorie. It was hard to get her in. Yeah, if she's hard to get into Marvel movies, bring her into Winter Soldier first. Nice. Because I haven't seen it, it either. Because first, Captain America himself doesn't have powers that are, and I don't. And this isn't to be an offense. That are like gimmicky or cheesy. Spider-Man shooting webs, climbing on walls. Like Captain America is very genuine. He's got super speed because of enhanced strength. Yeah. That's about it. Everything mm. is like biological enhancement for him. He's, yeah. He's, he's, he's the got first. a dope-ass shield. Yeah, and he's got a dope vibranium shield. Shout mm -hmm. out to Wakanda, Black Panther. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? But Winter Soldier doesn't play like a superhero movie. It plays, like Matt said, like a spy thriller. Ooh, nice. And it takes you down different fields of thought that you didn't think were possible. And when you enter phase two of MCU, which is where Winter, Sol Winter Soldier is, it really starts to expand where the like what the government's role is with superheroes and their allegiance to those governments. Mm. Because before this, Captain America is duty-bound. He's duty-bound yeah. duty to America. And he's brought back by Nick Fury to serve this duty in Avengers, mm -hmm. right? But then after that when there's restrictions and when there are things asked of you and when you're kept in the dark, you start to realize, oh, there's something happening in the shadows. Now, spoilers or whatnot, I mean, it ends up turning sour and Cap Cap's faith in what governments try to do is diminished. Ooh. And that adds a lot to his character, yeah. his overall character development because when we start to, when we are talking about the MCU here. We're talking about a branch of 23 films that connect to all of each other through mm -hmm. one through one way or another. And this movie, after that first Avengers movie, does a great job of laying seeds for where they're about to go. Because the way Cat feels in um in Civil War to his character built through Infinity War and then Endgame, that's all based on this movie. Mm -hmm. Not to mention this movie really starts to expand the MCU. It brings in Falcon it brings in, <clears throat> sorry, while Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow had come in as in Iron Man 2, she was a way more prominent figure in Winter Soldier in terms of plot and driving the story. Um, so, uh, And then it lays the groundwork for Nick Fury to be able to leave 
that front cover of S.H.I.E.L.D. because at the end of the movie, you know, he's technically dead. And you learn about Hydra and all that. Exactly. You after I mean, shit, after this movie, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is on ABC, changes to Agents of Hydra because you learn that Hydra has infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm -hmm. as an organization and it's really the bad guys running everything. So this movie sets up all of that. Dang. It really starts to expand this universe in Mm -hmm. a different direction. Mm -hmm. So story-wise, it's a 10. MCU-wise, like relevance to other films and future films laying groundwork, it's a 10. Action, there's not action from front to back, but it's a 10. There's psychological (laughs) Because again, it plays like that action thriller, Mm -hmm. that spy thriller. And then the risk in the film, like the direction it goes, you think of the films that came before it and how they kind of follow this superhero superhero template. This movie kind of bucks that. Mm-hmm. It shows that the superhero is super vulnerable. Nice. And just because he might come out on top at the very end of the movie, it's not necessarily on top, like, big picture. So it oh. is definitely up there nice. in terms of the best MCU movie. And I would say Winter Soldier, first round pick. Dope. I'm happy with yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it, it shows that, that nice. superheroes are flawed, <laughs> that they have human emotions. And you they, go, they leader. Yeah. complex psyches. So. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I like it. I love. I like it. Ben, you go, Red Ranger. I'm so happy you picked that because I remember a conversation not long ago where we were talking about MCU, and I think I, I think like I said something like, "Ooh, I really like Winter Soldier. I think it's like better than Civil War." And you were like, "Really?" But I don't know. <laughs> oh, it's better than Civil War, hands yeah. down. And like Buck, so good. I didn't even say anything about Bucky. Dude, Bucky but, is such a complex but, character. But the t- <laughs> yes, the way it ties Bucky in as a character, the way it plays off of. That, oh, no, my best friend is my enemy. Mm-hmm. But then the twist mm-hmm. that my enemy doesn't know that he's my best friend. And how that, lay, again, like relevance to future MCU. Mm-hmm. That lays the groundwork for what Bucky is doing in Civil War. The way that movie ends with, with Cap and Buck fighting on top of that airship as it's going down. Like that lays the groundwork for everything moving forward. Well, like, and this, like, is a, this is a consequential, nice. significant film and in is the it, MCU is it lineup. Like, do I ally with my old friend or my new friend? And that's where you're getting into civil war. And that's why yeah. Tony's all pissed mm-hmm. off. Cause he's like, I've been your friend and this guy has been an enemy. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cosmic connections. We'll get yeah, into Seriously. Yes. You're flexing hard. This is a good setup. It's almost like Bucky's like a reflection, a dark reflection <laughs> of Captain America, especially that ending scene in the airship. Cause remember where Captain America goes down in his first film in an airship. Yeah, but who's but he is he technically could have died. Yep. And Buck saves him. Yeah. Out of just because of what Cap said to him on the airship that he like he knew him. He you knew know me. him. You, yeah. know, you know me. me. Like yeah. this is significant. Wow. Like this is this you is big. And, and again and again the the relevance of it is that it's the introduction of the Russos mm-hmm. in terms of a directing team where they're taking these characters because the first Avenger is a significant film, but. And I'll tell you as someone who whose favorite MCU character is Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man, y'all. But what the Russos did with Captain America in the MCU from Winter Soldier on changed that character and made me love that character when I used to tell everyone I knew I hate Captain America. Like, I don't really care for him. Like He's corny. I don't yeah. hate him, but yeah. I don't really care for him. But that they their take on him completely changed. And the fact that what they were saying was so poignant and so significant that... Kevin Feige trusted in them to make Captain America Civil War, Infinity War, War, and then Endgame. Endgame. So he's letting them 
lay the groundwork for almost the biggest part of the story, and it starts with this film. I'm sorry I took so much Wild. time. You're hey, good, yeah. Ben, what's the thing? Oh, I thought you were trying to give me a fist bump. No, I, that was a fist bump. <laughs> what was the thing that Captain America said to himself when they were in a fight together? What was the thing that made Captain America pause? Bucky's alive. Yep. And then Captain America fucking pwned himself. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a great pick. Now, hard one. Five. Yeah. <laughs> Hard one to follow up, Dylan. Yeah, Jeez. Dylan. No, yeah. I know. Close out the no. first round. We're only in the first round. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, like, kudos to Ben. Winter Soldier is one of the best. And that was what I was trying to reference earlier um, when I was like, ooh, like something almost touches on the Dark Knight. But, like, the Winter, so- Winter Soldier, I mean, shit, I'm going to watch that when I go home. It's so good. I've got another good movie, though, coming up. Yeah, let's hear it. And this also is groundbreaking for what it does for a character. And that is Thor Ragnarok. Bringing Ooh, Taika solid. Waititi into the yeah. mix to solid. help direct and also help like touch up the screenplay. Brilliant move. Because I love whatever his work. his his work is brilliant. And his work in Thor Ragnarok, because it's not it's not the third Thor movie. It is breathing new life into Thor in a whole different way. Well, because Thor two is such a stinker that they needed <laughs> like they needed some big time revival. Yes. Do it, it for Valhalla. It redefines God, Thor I entirely. Hate, dude, Thor 2, in terms of like ranking, isn't the greatest, but in terms of a movie, it's not, it's bad. not a bad no, movie. It's not, it's not bad, bad, but I'm just saying like where it Let's lands. Let's not be the podcast that shits on <laughs> Thor 2 because the movie is important for the Infinity Stone saga, yes. which is 23 film arc. Yes. Yeah. It's just the, okay. It's so comic booky that it's like, oh, people are put off by it. And Thor Ragnarok, great pick. Sorry to interrupt you. I'm just like, Yo, yo, Thor, Thor two. Hate on the Incredible Th- Hulk. Don't hate on fucking Thor two. <laughs> Thor two, go for it. It's it's a middling movie. Um, and it's so yes. it's middling. It's not bad. It's middling. So is Incredible Hulk. It's middling. Um, no, it's, it's awful. <laughs> it's middling. Uh, but Thor two, my my beef with it is just that like the main antagonist is way cooler in the comics. And and like why didn't they go that route in the movie? That's my main question. Anyway. Thor Ragnarok, super amazing, brings humor to Thor, uh, makes him, I don't know, a person with feelings and emotions. So many cool little moments that they do. They're combining several different comic stories, which I think is cool, like World War Hulk. They're bringing that in um, with several other stories, and I think they do justice to that in really neat ways. Um, Just when you see like Thor and Hulk meet each other, (laughs) <laughs> on the battlefield. Isn't it based on Planet Hulk? Oh, yeah, my bad. Because uh, you've got Planet Hulk and then World War Hulk, right? Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's based on Planet That's my Hulk. bad. I just read No, you're both good. I just didn't want to no, 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 get no. too deep and then... That's a good sorry, correction. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, that when they see each other and, and Thor's like, oh, hey, that's my... I, that's my coworker. We work together. Banner. Hello. And, you know, Hulk is like, well, I'm going to smash you. Hulk smash, you know, because um, he's got to look good in front of his gladiatorial audience. Or when oh, oh. Loki, like, dude, Loki puts Odin, one of the most powerful figures in the MCU, who could probably like, let's be real. Uh, I, Thanos probably didn't attack um, Asgard, like didn't, wouldn't. He was probably afraid of Odin, honestly. Let's be real. Odin was that powerful. Um, but, like, Loki puts Odin in a nursing home. And then when him and Thor go to find their nursing home, it's fucking gone. Like, where did Odin go? Um, so there's all these, like, really funny 
cool moments. Plus the fight scenes are neat. And um, I don't know. I think like Taika Waititi, he just gave Thor a new lease on life. I mean, Thor is going to have a fourth movie now, which is super cool. Um, and love and thunder. Uh, and I don't know. You get all these like little interactions with different character groupings. So yeah, Thor Ragnarok, amazing, amazing film. And then, and then what's cool is the Russo brothers. They're so brilliant because then they went back and consulted the people, the writers for these characters. And they went back and consulted Taika Waititi for infinity war and Endgame, And that's how you end up with the, the same kind of flavor of Thor in infinity war and Endgame. So Anyway, that's Russo brothers. That's me giving Ben a little more cred right. for the wow. Russo brothers. That's right. But Taika Waititi, man, I mean, anything he touches turns to yes. gold. Thor Ragnarok is amazing. It's got one of the best MCU reviews. Um, I love Thor Ragnarok. Also, side note, super stoked that they're giving him more control over the Star Wars universe. Yes. Give that man. Give like, him everything. Give everything. him everything. Everything. He's brilliant. Absolutely. Have you seen the Wilder people? If not oh, yes so great movie so good so good it's on netflix check it out shout out i mean no plug but yes plug they're not it. giving us money but it's plugged dude go oh. check it out it's funny taika watiti is brilliant hell yeah <laughs> give me the facts yes matt matt what's good we're done with the first Ooh. round what's happening with you you got some facts for us oh show first of all i want to give a shout out for all the knowledge that has been spewed in that Dropping one it. round that was impressive. It's hot. Absolutely. So I have a, I have a trivia question for you. Knowing that MCU is hot in the streets, and it's been hot in the streets for a while. Hottie. How much <laughs> in total revenue do you think the MCU has grossed? Just total U.S. dollars. How much revenue do you think they have grossed? $30 billion. As of like this past year. $30, $30 billion? Okay, $30 billion. $10 billion. $10 billion. Ten, they're saying ten billion. He said thirty. I don't 10. know. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, just make Hold a pick. On. Okay, wait. What they say? Me. Tell me again. Thirty and ten. I think I'm a little high. Thirty and ten. I don't know what I am. I'm gonna say like fourteen billion. Oh. The answer is. Twenty-two point five six billion. Oh my Damn. god! Yeah. Oh my god! And that's as of November two thousand twenty, and it is the highest-grossing film franchise in the world as wow. of November two thousand twenty. Wow! Wow! So think about that. Twenty-two point five six. We talked about candy in a recent draft. More. All right, we yeah. did on chocolate candy. That was in the low billions, like single-digit billions. Yeah. Mm. Like what non-grossing. Uh, Non-chocolate games was about like twelve billion, like all the Skittles and stuff. Yeah, think about that. This is a movie franchise. Wow, almost twenty-three billion, dude. And think but hold on, but no, let's think about this in context, because you said all of the MCU properties. So we're spanning two thousand eight to two thousand twenty-one. Twelve. Yeah, so that's thirteen years. years. Thirteen years. Versus you're saying non-chocolate candy makes twelve billion a year. Still no comparison. True, true, true. Still true. no comparison. Damn. Damn. So yeah. MCU ain't Still got shit. Sorry, yeah, sorry to keep it real. Candy. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's, a, that's a ton of money for all those movies. I mean, I would like that much money, sure. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, no, no <laughs> dispute. Dude, think about all the residuals that uh, Robert Downey Jr. is getting because that deal he made for Iron Man. Yeah, and then think about how pissed he was when he was like, okay, I'm going to die as Iron Man. I'm, I kind of want out. And then, you know, go do Dr. Doolittle. Complete flop. Oh shit! I should have stayed with the. I should have still money. been Tony Stark. Like, 
Dude, you weren't going to win an Academy Award with Dr. Doolittle. Why are you leaving <laughs> Iron Man role Dude. to go do that dumbass shit? But yeah. his ending was perfect. And he can come back for, like, some flashbacks or whatever. You know, they, that's the thing about comics. What are they? They always bring people back in well, comics. Well, and they always. could even do a little thing where, like, he's the new AI. Like, he built an AI <laughs> of himself. Like, I don't know. It's not that out of the realm of possibility that mm. could happen. Still. Yeah. I mean, we are going to get Ironheart. We are as a series, yep. and on so Disney it's like Plus. there could and more Spider-Man movies. So there's potential there. Yep. Yeah. All right. You are right. That's the Matt facts. That is the Matt facts. All right. Round two. Dylan, you got number two. <sighs> two one. Second okay. round. Pick one. Uh, you know. Uh, so I'm got tempted. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm what tempted. You got, baby. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I'm tempted to go one way, but I think I'm gonna go the other. Um. Uh, gosh, I'm sorry. I'm stuck. Okay, I'm I'm gonna have to go with. I don't know what my problem is right now. Rip the bandaid off. Yeah, let's go. All right, I'm going with Avengers because you know 2012 what? Avengers. Thank 2012 you. Avengers. Right. This was like, I don't know, every comic book book person's wet dream. Like for real, Avengers is so significant. There, I, I think this is a very real statement to say that comic book lovers and superhero lovers probably didn't think that this would happen. Um, and then it did. And Joss Whedon made it happen. And, you know, he's problematic. All right. Problematic. Um, but, like, he pulled all these very diverse characters together um, after really not that many movies. And... And he, like, made them work. And what's cool about the Avengers is they don't like each other. The first time Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man see each other, they fight. (laughs) And they fight hard. Iron Man and Thor are going at it. And it's really, really entertaining. Um, But then, you know, with all the quips and whatever else, you see them come together for the, the Battle of New York. And that first time they all circle up together it's it just sends tingles down my spine it really does and i think that like while iron man was a cool place to start and yes later on we get better mcu movies this is for certain like because mcu just keeps figuring out what they can do right and can't do avengers was the point at which people said holy moly like this like i want more of this I want more and more and more of this in terms of these people all coming together like this. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and it was massively popular too. So fun going Dylan. Don't let us distract you. Wow. Okay. Well, the Avengers was really good film. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, it's, it's very watchable today. He takes the Avengers and I've got the next pick, and I couldn't be happier because as I slightly showed to Dustin, <laughs> Avengers was number three on my list. Oh! Which means nice. I'm getting the top two. This is unprecedented. That's crazy. That's this crazy. is unprecedented. And you might disagree with me on why like, this movie is more significant than Avengers, because Avengers is important. We cannot deny this. Don't want to diminish that pick. I will diminish picks when I feel it's appropriate. <laughs> I will. I keep it real like that. Nothing wrong with the Avengers. 
Guardians of the Galaxy uh, is a better movie than The Avengers. I was hoping that, that was almost my through. pick. I was hoping that would sneak through. It almost. is. Matt, it couldn't sneak through because it's a better movie. It is, it's right up there with Winter Soldier. What does it do? It's phase two, and it sets up everything mm-hmm. outside of Earth. Yep. It takes Marvel in a brand new direction. What did, what did the Avengers have that Guardians didn't have? Name recognition. Everyone knows Iron Man. Everyone knows Captain America. Everyone, everyone knows Hulk. They know those characters. In terms of risk of putting forth a production that focuses on those characters, that movie is a, is a seller, especially since they have movies that set them up that already define that character. Guardians of the Galaxy flips that script and shows we can take a bunch of misfit characters. We don't need to give them their own movie to have them star in a team-up that will change the foundation of the MCU. Dylan did not say this, so maybe you can take this as a prop to his film, The Avengers. But the post credit scene in The Avengers reveals Thanos. Okay, so that's oh, yeah. important for the overall setup of the 23 films. But Guardians of the Galaxy gives us our first glimpse into the world or the universe in which Thanos lives. You get to meet his daughters. You get to meet, meet or you get to see how integral they are to his success and the parts they're going to play later on. Because again, we're, if we're talking about MCU, we're talking about the most significant pieces to the puzzle that set up everything. Captain America Civil War starts to set up everything in terms of on Earth. Guardians of the Galaxy does the same, but everything outside of Earth. And it's got a star-studded cast. Like, we want to talk about Robert Downey Jr. killing it or Chris Evans killing it in a movie. Shit, this movie's got Chris Pratt. It's yes. got It's got um, Zoe, S- Zoe Saldana, Saldana yep. who's already, she's a queen of sci-fi. I mean, she's in Avatar. Mm-hmm. What else is she in? She's Wasn't in she in Star Pi- Trek? She's in Pirates of the Caribbean. She is in Star Trek. Nice. So she, she's in some of the most significant sci-fi franchises of all time. Um, you have Vin Diesel coming in as Groot. Oh, legendary. Bradley Cooper. As Rocket. And then you have a wrestler, a WWE champion Batista. in Batista, coming in as Drax. And not to mention, if we think about all of the MCU movies... And the soundtracks that go yes. with them. So good. I'm not yes. I'm not diminishing Black Panther's soundtrack. It's great. But Guardians of the Galaxy has the best soundtrack of all the it MCU does. movies, period. Hands down. It does. That Hands mix, down. it's called the Awesome Mix. It's awesome. It deserves that title. It is yeah. awesome. It is amazing. It's so great. And they build it into the character too, with Chris Pratt's character. Yep. Exactly. Thank you yeah. for that. Thanks for that yeah. little assist. Let me that, dunk that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Dude. it's written into the storyline and development of the character, which carries over into the second Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. So whoever takes Guardians 2, good for you, but that groundwork was laid in 1. Mm-hmm. And so you get a little bit more character development, but 1 is where everything stems from. You get so much, so much in that story. Yeah. And you also think about MCU movies that you can put on and watch back to, like, how many movies in your life can you put on a movie, watch it all the way through, and then watch it again? Yeah. Like, it's true. not only rewatchability in the long term, but rewatchability, because I can tell you during our grad program, if I was writing something, I'd put that movie on, have it yeah. on, tune in when I could, 
Then when I'm back to work, you know, whatever, if it ends, start it over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even right. if you're watching, you're like, damn, that's good. There's only a handful of movies I can think of that are on that level. And it is one of those movies on that level. Because yeah. and part of it is because of the cast, the writing. It's well, a and, phenomenal and, and they, they do a good job of like leaning into like the uh, the silliness and the like, yes. the, uh, like the out of left fieldness of like, yes, so kind of like the multiverse, like intergalactic <laughs> worlds that they're mm-hmm. entering. Like, they understand, like, oh, yeah, it's silly. People are blue, people are green, like all this crazy stuff. And they're like, we'll acknowledge that that it is silly. Mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of everything, it for the for the MCU, in terms of big. It sets up the Power Stone. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, Benicio del Toro's character the being collector. the collector, yep. who's a brother of a later character in Thor Ragnarok, mm-hmm. right? Jeff Goldblum's character. Yep. So, I mean, this movie sets up so much stuff. It introduces a stone. It introduces like a power that Peter Quill has that is immeasurable. The action in it is top notch. The risk on the movie was high as fuck. Mm-hmm. Characters that nobody knows. A story outside of Earth where the heroes thrive with enemies that you don't know. This movie has it all. Yeah. So for someone who rated their interest or like love of the MCU universe as a five, this movie felt like it was both for the five and the ten because I went to it in theaters and I remember leaving feeling like that was not just a cheesy superhero movie. I thought the comedy was really on point. The soundtrack's really on point. The story was interesting. I left feeling really good. Like, I honestly was like, I would see that again in theaters and kind of felt like a little different compared to some other movies in the MCU. Like, hearing 23, like, I remember around Christmas, I had some family that was watching it, some little cousins, and I started asking. I was like, oh, man, I'm getting into it a little bit. Like, how many do I have to watch? And when I heard 23, I was like, oh, shit. That's a lot of movies. Dang, that's a lot of time I got to invest. Which is different than... Guardians, because some movies is like, oh, I got to kind of like get into it. I have to like get myself in the right mindset. But Guardians just boom, hit the ground running like, yes, Mm -hmm. those are for the fives out there and for the tens. Yeah. And it sets up the really cool exploration of Quill's kind of parenthood or fatherhood in the second movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really nicely. Um, It's a great film. Good. Bro. It sets up the whole fourth phase, which we haven't even barely scratched the surface of in WandaVision. Like, the future of the MCU is in space. Multiverse. It's in the multiverse. It's in the cosmos. It's everywhere in between. There's a reason why the very last movie in the 23 movie bundle, Far From Home, or Spider-Man Far From Home, there's a reason why the post credit scene is Nick, is Nick Fury on the S.W.O.R.D. space station. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, that is setting up this greater cosmic threat. And because they own properties like X-Men and Fantastic Four, they can start to introduce these cosmic entities like Galactus that are going to play a lot more prominent role. Or we might get more of Dormammu, which we saw in Doctor Strange. But a lot of... And I I guess I don't want to bring Dormammu in because that's a different realm. But Guardians of the Galaxy is what sets the stage for all of that. And where we are right now... We're moving into a new... Ver- it's like Endgame kind of wrapped up everything that was, like, Earthbound. Phase, phase one, two, Earthbound, three, right? Yeah. Like, there's a little bit of space stuff, but it's mostly Earthbound. This next phase is about to be universal, and that's mm-hmm. all because of Guardians of the Galaxy. So, I've talked enough. Dustin, you get your second pick. Go for it. Woo-woo. All right. 
Well, my second pick is going to be Avengers Endgame. Nice. Because for me with superhero movies, there's something like about like, give us what the fans want. And I kind of like it when they're like super dramatic and like hell of superheroes are coming together and the action scenes have a lot going on. Like every time I watch like, like the remake of Power Rangers, I was like, you know what we want. We want everyone to fucking like do their vehicles to like morph and transform and give us what we want. So having all those superheroes battling it out. Plus I watched infinity war when I mentioned the holidays and I was watching, I was watching infinity war. Like dang, Thanos is a punk. Someone's got to beat him. And it was the whole movie was like, are you kidding me? Like y'all keep rallying each other. I mean, like, we're going to do it. We're going to beat him. And then y'all lost. Y'all lost hard, (laughs) (laughs) which is a little annoying, but I do respect that because it's kind of like star Wars with the second one. Empire strikes back being like, okay, you need the villains to have a good moment to have the victory really feel sweet. You need to have like a good respectable villain. Same thing with avatar, right? Like the second season, you have to have the downfall, like, oh, man, that moment where you're like, dang, things are going bad. We need to mm-hmm. regroup. So I do respect Infinity War, but Endgame was finally when it was like, that's right, you little bitch, Thanos. Get out of here. <laughs> Especially when Cap, like you, I honestly, when I was seeing that film, I didn't know if they were going to win or not. But when Cap picks up, uh, and, you know, this is obviously them losing again, but when he picks up Thor's hammer and Thor goes, I knew it, you know, because he's worried. <laughs> That's because an end game. Calling back. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, yep. It's yeah. an end game. You're right. Uh, when he's call, it's call back to Age of Ultron, when Cap is like, just slightly moves Thor's hammer. It's again, like connecting those threads throughout the MCU. Mm. It's about doing that thing that's grander, right? Yeah. And they did something really grand. That final battle scene, they give everyone a moment. It's spine tingling. And it's God, great it's because so yes. in Infinity War, Cap, Cap, like, it was... It makes my balls tingle a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) It was sad because in Infinity War, you saw how hard Cap tried and failed against Thanos. He couldn't do anything, and this is, like, his redemption moment. Yeah, and you know, like, the thing is, for me in action films, like, there's a fine balance. Like, I need story for me to really get into something because at the end of the day, I'm kind of like, I want some substance. Like, we already talked about it. The Dark Knight had it. Guardians had it. Black Panther. Like, these movies that I'm like, yes, okay, there's a story. But I also, like, you know, I paid money for this ticket. I want some good action. Like, I want some good action films. Oh, yeah. Like, the third Pirates of the Caribbean film, my cousin and I stormed out because it was, like, weak. Just weak. <laughs> like, final battle scene, weak. So, with this kind of movie, it's like, you've invested not only in one movie, but in three. Yeah. You're like, you just want, you waited through all of Infinity War. I want a battle. Yep. And Wanda. You see how powerful Wanda is setting up WandaVision? Yeah. Like, Wow. Yeah. And also just like for me, it's kind of like one of those things of like the iconic value of some of these, like for people in the universe who are like, oh yeah, this is more important. This is more important for me as like an outsider a little bit. This is one of those movies that definitely like even reached me once again. But again, I got to ask you, I mean, cause this is your pick and you can't vote for yourself, right? Yeah. But which has like, as someone who wasn't inside like the Marvel circle, mm-hmm. you see Endgame. You see Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, Black Panther. Like, Iron Man. Which one did you walk out of thinking, like, oh, yeah, like, this is... I'll tell you with my final vote. Okay. Oh! Damn it, I was trying to fish (laughs) it. I was trying to fish it. Look at that. Failed. There are certain ones that I've seen, I was really... You see, the problem is you started to factor in everyone else's, and Mm -hmm. I don't care. I want to know about Endgame 
and Guardians of the Galaxy, where you fit between those two. Guardians was on my list. Okay. I wanted it. Okay. That's all that's all I wanted. I don't how <laughs> you hold them, I don't need you to tell me tell me with the final vote. But yeah. one yeah, more yeah, thing. Because yeah. you can't vote for yourself. No. You're trying to pitch Sadly. us on getting you. <laughs> yeah. Do y'all so. cry when Tony kicks the can? Because I do every sure. time. This isn't to say anything bad about the film. But the ending of it feels like a bunch of post-credit scenes all smashed together at the very end of the movie. Yeah. The way they end with the Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor feels like something that should have been in a post-credit scene. Mm. The way they end with Cap handing over the shield or him dancing with Peggy should have been a that could have been a post-credit scene. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Tony's death feels like it should be the most significant piece of the movie. Yeah. But it's like it happens. And then there's like another 20 fucking minutes of the movie. Yeah. What so, what order was this? Was this 22 in the universe or like 21? This was 22. 22. Because Spider-Man Far From Home is number 23. Mm. Yeah, because I'm kind of wondering like after you've built such a universe, how much pressure there is to wrap things up. Because I know like for me, I'm really okay with ambiguous endings and like leaving things like thematic and like we're going to show you like some strong symbolism or some things that leave things open. Yeah. But like people like Marjorie or like a lot of people, right? Like there's like one half that likes ambiguous endings like me. And then there's like almost like the other half that are like, no, nothing got wrapped up. We want to see like what, how did it end? Show us the ending. So kind of wonder if like their own success is making it harder for them. Like as more and more movies add up, like how do you end that? Like you have so much people watching, like that's hard for the writers, right? Like, but obviously, you know, do a good job. Well, and the ending, the ending might almost feel better if Tony doesn't die. Mm. I mean, because it's almost like okay, Tony dies. They all gather from the funeral, and then what happens with each of them branches after that funeral scene. Mm. But when you watch that movie and you think about the overall character arc from one to twenty-two, you think, oh, like Iron Man's character, the way they map that out, that character, their um. Yeah, that character arc, it ends up wrapping up, but then they pile more on it instead of letting it sit on you. Now, they Mm. try to do that because Endgame was the one movie where they didn't have a post-credit scene Mm. because they they try to pay tribute to the original um, cast in the, like, through the credits. Like, Mm -hmm. that's why at the very end it ends with the original Avengers, Iron Man being the very last person they show, which was dope. Yeah. But it's almost diminished because of the distant, like the time between mm. his actual his actual send off with his original arc reactor mm. being sent in the water to when we actually get that payoff through the credits. Mm. Like it, it almost feels like it would have been better through like they how they would have done it with Thor Ragnarok, where they have like five post credit scenes mm-hmm. in the credits, because yeah. then you get the context that the greater fan base is looking for, but you stick to the greater story that falls with the bigger arc. Yeah. Like Thor and Thor and his interaction with guardians of the galaxy. How long does that take? Like two minutes, maybe yeah. minute and a if half. That, yeah. I mean, you've already sat through a three hour movie. Yeah. Are you, are fans going to be disappointed with three, two minute cutscenes? Yeah. Probably not because it's setting up the future and, <clears throat> and use it as that. Now, see, now I'm getting on a soapbox, and I'm sorry, everyone. No, no. I, Justin, like, that's a good pick. Yeah. No, yeah. but I agree. Like, <laughs> like on a side tangent, I don't make this quick. Like, Blood Diamond with Leonardo DiCaprio, 
could have been a way better ending, but they showed you ish that you already knew was going to happen. Just end it. And then like you're saying, like you have post-credit stuff if you really need to add something else. But I am very particular with the last scene of a movie because like a novel, I'll tell my students this, the last page and the first page are the most important. That's where all the theme is. That's where the most meat of your story, what the main message that you're trying to give across. So I agree. Be choosy with the last scene, the very last scene that you're about to show. Yeah. All right, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Matt was just sitting here about to fall asleep. Oh, do, do, do. Oh, those guys are just that was like talking. 20 minutes, I think. Do, do, do. Uh, all right. So to conclude round number two, which is <laughs> remarkable that we're only in the second round. Live with it. I'm actually going to go with <laughs> the movie that comes directly before your movie, which is Infinity War. And the reason behind me choosing Infinity War is that it sets the stage for things that are still going to be grappled with at the MCU for years to come. And you're seeing this play actually out a, this, a smidge in WandaVision, which is what is are the ramifications for after Thanos does the snap and then they do the time heist and reverse the snap? Like, what does that actually look like? And you're seeing that actually play out now. And those are going to be themes that are still being grappled with for years to come in phase four and beyond in the MCU. And I believe that infinity war is really like, if you think about it, I, I Dustin, you touched on this is like infinity war is kind of like the empire strikes back of the MCU, right? It's, it's the culminating point of all you think things are going good and everybody's banding together and fighting this great evil, but it all goes off the rails and it's emotional and heart wrenching. And you see people, I mean, if you don't, like, get emotional over Peter Parker is saying, like, Mr. Shark, I don't feel so good, and then, like, turning to dust, you don't have a soul, all right? So true. That is, like, one of the most emotional cinematic scenes, like, of all time, of, like, Peter Parker turning to dust. <laughs> it really is. And, like, everything from, like, Vision dying to T'Challa to, like, half the population mm -hmm. dies, and they try so hard to prevent that, and they fail. And for a superhero movie to be, like, open and willing to say, we're going to lose, that is rare for a superhero to mm -hmm. actively lose in the final, like, culminating event. And that sets the stage for things to come later because obviously they have to do something to fight back and reverse that, right? Because this is half the population in the entire universe dying in an instant. That is incredibly powerful, right? And those are things that we're seeing just now starting to be, like, reconciled with, right? What, what happens when people come back five years later, right? Endgame starts off with... Cap in a in an emotional support group of like people who survived and lost people in the snap, mm. right? But that be that 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 only happens because there is so such big emotional trauma that happens in an Infinity War that needs to be grappled with. Infinity War is more than just like an action uh, a big action scene happening in Wakanda that they lose. There's so much more psychologically and emotionally mm -hmm. that happens in that movie. So there Man. you go, Infinity it, dude, War, dude. So true. And like, what happens? Because, okay, you lose all those people. Then five years later, we, we're dealing with it. We're going through support groups. And perhaps people have started having kids. you got new families. All of a sudden, they, they like the Avengers make the decision. Actually, well, yeah, they do. They make the decision. And Tony Stark, uh, not Tony, yeah. They, they all make the decision to bring everyone back without really consulting the world or the universe, the multiverse. And I kind of wonder about that because, like... I, I don't know. You can't undo that trauma. And does well, that now, complicate well, things? Well, now we know, especially with WandaVision and filling in the picture a little bit more, that when those people come back from the snap, 
It's not like that time where they were gone is erased. Right. That time still exists, and the people who lost them are conscious of the fact that those people died in front of them mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. are suddenly back and having to grapple with a whole new reality than they left because the people who died, time has not, there's been no time difference. But for the people who lost those people, it's been multiple years. Yep. So there you go. Infinity War, second pick. Matt, if you were a baseball pitcher, would you be an opener or a closer? Opener. Opener. That's what I was thinking. He's you love opener. like the setup. You love setting up. Nice. You I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch block. the six innings. Yeah. Opener. I love that you knew where I was going with that. Yeah, Matt. Nothing against you, but I'm just like, yes, you love the good setup. Like everything you see that you love was set up by this movie or that chip or like, yeah, you're all about the originals, man. The classics. I know. It, it, I will just say this to conclude the pick. When you because th- I think there's a, a, a an equivalent there. Obviously, they're different, but. Do you remember Star Wars because of Empire or Return of the Jedi? Ooh. Think about it. That's such a good point. Oh, my God. Well, honestly, it's Return of the Jedi for me. Yep. Whoa. But I get what you're saying. Pop culture would say, Empire, bro. In Germany, they'd be like, fuck Americans. We knew it was the father the whole time based on his name. What a stupid (laughs) thing. (laughs) Yeah. And I'll just say that A New Hope for me or just Star Wars as some. Dweeb. <laughs> <laughs> but that yeah. does conclude the long-winded second round. <laughs> wow. That's the second round, and you know what it is. Ooh. Ooh. It's smooth. Yes. There's no reason to cool off. It's been a pretty mellow draft. Heated. But no you know way. what? We're going to go smoke some cigars, metaphorically speaking. We in the lounge. In the lounge. I'm in a mm. nice seat Let's in my mind. Again. Dylan, uh, uh, serve uh. it up so nicely. Man, a stogie sounds good. Uh, okay, so this is my deep dive on storytelling. So storytelling has been a form of human experience since prehistory. It's a common thread that binds humanity across time, space, and all our diverse experiences and cultures. Storytelling ultimately serves several purposes. To define what it means to be human, to try and explain the world around us, and to try and imagine what might be possible. So, you can see early instances of storytelling in the great epic stories of the classical and pre-classical world. Whether it's Gilgamesh or Odysseus, we can read about these characters separated by language, culture, and millennia, and ultimately relate to them on a very human level. This is the power of storytelling. A good story transcends time and space. Religion is is also a good example of storytelling. Whether you're dealing with the Greco-Roman pantheon of gods and goddesses, one of the Abrahamic religions, or Shinto, um, or even localized beliefs. Religion is ultimately a way about defining and making sense of the world around us, usually through, guess what, storytelling. Some of my favorite stories growing up were parables told by Jesus in the Gospels. I grew up Catholic, just so y'all know. I'm Jesus not... is just all right with me. Is that from <laughs> Jesus Christ? Jesus is just all, all right. right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going, Dylan. You know what other one I like? Uh, the psychedelic Christian rock song. Uh, fuck, why can't I remember? Christian it? rock. No, it's so good. <laughs> it's on the Guardians of the Galaxy track. Oh, Let's look it up later. Oh, yeah. man. Let's check that Sorry, out. Sorry, Mr. Moyer. All Keep right, going. Here we go. So they taught me how to work and function in our society through the power of setting character and plot with the grand function of delivering a moral or common truth. One might say that storytelling is indeed a gr- uh, an example of teaching how one navigates the world or in fact 
fails to navigate the world smoothly, breaking the social contract along the way. And this is where comics come into the picture. Comics have been around in some form or another, and I'm referring to comic books, since the 1840s as like proto-comics, but have gone through many iterations since then, through the golden, the silver, the bronze age of comics, and now what's called like the modern age of comics. The, com uh, the common ground for them all is, of course, entertainment, but I believe it goes much deeper. Comic books have the power to latch onto the human imagination due to their carefully chosen dialogue, uh, because there's not room for like a novel's worth of dialogue usually, and powerful illustrations. While one might get a good grasp of what's happening in each panel of a comic, one might also begin to wonder what's happening in between panels. Comics also have the unique ability to convey the cultural traits and events of a particular time period through the lens of creativity. Let's take a particularly relevant example, Black Panther. Debuting in 1966, the Silver Age of comic books, Black Panther's name actually predates the famous Black Panther Party by only several months. Wow. The comic came out in July, and the Black Panther Party was launch launched in October of that year. Damn. Yeah, crazy. Um, where was I? Hold on, I'm finding myself here. Just uh, supporting my pick, that's where you were. Yeah. In fact, Stan Lee yeah. denies there being any relation between the two concepts. However, despite what Stan Lee might claim, it's impossible to separate Black Panther's origin from a time of black liberation worldwide. Not only was the black liberation movement and civil rights movement happening in the U.S. during the 1960s, but also most of Africa would decolonize from the European oppressors during that decade. Black Panther was unique because according to Wikipedia, <laughs> he was uh, T'Challa, um, who I'm referring to, was the first black superhero to debut in American mainstream comic books. Very few black superheroes, or heroes I should call them, were created before him, and none with actual superpowers. So he is a true groundbreaker. Um, and also groundbreaking because he's not a stereotype. Um, as I discussed before, comic books as a storytelling device have the power to explain the world around them and show what might be possible. Black Panther demonstrates these characteristics aptly. Wakanda is a futuristic world hidden from the other nations of Earth, carefully guarding the advanced technology so it might not fall into the wrong hands. Wakanda also has its own creation stories and mythos, uh, wherein the heart-shaped herb was presented to the leaders of Wakanda as a way of advancing humanity. Between the mystical and the scientific, Black Panther seeks to redefine um, what it means to be black, and specifically African, uh, excellence, uh, whilst combining it with traditional African motifs, thus making this particular comic a potent form of storytelling and particularly relevant in the age uh, today of Black Lives Matter. Uh, even today, key black voice has helped to write the new Black Panther comics, Ta-Nehisi Coates, instead of like previously it was written by um, white folks. So there you have it. Comic books exist to show what might be possible, define and redefine the world around us and create an entirely new mythos. It is the grand inheritor of storytelling devices and will be key to the human experience for years to come, especially now that the MCU has breathed new life into its existence and led to a reawakening in the medium and also like popularized a lot of these superheroes in the common mainstream culture. Exactly. There's nice. my, there it is. Yeah. It's crazy. Excellent. Cause now comic comic movies or comic based movies are going to, for the foreseeable future, remain a significant piece of what Hollywood invests in, 
in the box mm-hmm. office. Yep. Um, much to some people's, you know, dislikes or distaste, but it is what it is. Gives people joy. I mean, the, so many people love this stuff. Well, it, it's yeah. kind of it's kind of mm-hmm. taking place like you have to think about like the sixties, seventies, eighties, and even some into the nineties, like. What was the big like worldwide phenomenon that was occurring at that time? The Cold War. So you had like tons of like spy thrillers and action yeah. movies where like the Russians or like whoever was part of the Soviet bloc were the bad guys, and that was like commonplace. But now, I mean, we're in a Damn new world Ruskies. where it's been proven that comic book superhero films are financially viable and successful. So that's the trend they're going to keep on milking until it's no longer viable. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. Thank you, Dylan. Yeah, Thanks excellent. for taking us in the lounge. Thanks for mm-hmm. chilling. That was, was chill, brother. It was definitely comfortable. <laughs> but it's back to work. You want to give us ride. a want to give us a recap real quick? Yeah, let's do a recap. Matt's got Iron Man and Infinity War. Dustin has Black Panther and Avengers game. Ben has It's hold on. It's not Avengers Endgame. game. Yeah. Oh, Avengers shoot. Endgame. I don't know. Got I got you. Whoops. I got you. Thank I got you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, non-alcoholic beer. Yeah, I'm, all, I'm <laughs> drinking serious. non-alcoholic beer, y'all. Uh, ben, not for the rest of us. Has Winter Soldier and Guardians of the Galaxy, and I have uh, Thor Ragnarok and Avengers. That's right. Round three. Matt, most important pick of your team right here. No pressure. <laughs> Let's see no what pressure, no pressure, no pressure. What you end up with. All right, so start off round three. I'm going to continue along a thread that the Cosmic Wizard King has actually started already, which is I'm going to go with Captain America Civil War. And nice. the reason behind that is that, I again, I want to focus in on the, the movies that I, that I perceive to be pretty groundbreaking and pretty big shifters in momentum of what it means to be a superhero movie. The MCU has consi- consistently kind of evolved as we go along and they've kind of entered this new realm where superheroes are fallible characters. Yes, it starts with uh, with Winter Soldier for sure, but they build on that to a, a further standpoint in Civil War where you're talking about Sokovia Accords and what does it mean for superheroes to go off the rails or what the public perceives them to be as going off the rails with what happens with the whole UN thing and the killing, the accidental killing of T'Chaka and all the, the, the transpires in the beginning of that film to the point where Cap and Iron Man, two allies are on opposite sides of each other where they're talking about oversight and what it means to be a superhero in a modern day society, which is whole new ball game. We're talking about superheroes like oversight, like who accounts for those who have immense power, like the whole Peter Parker, well, great power comes great responsibility. Well, who's ensuring that they are in, enacting that great responsibility right so civil war gets into this whole new mind frame mindset of like what does it mean to be a superhero like who's in charge of a being who has so much power are they personally responsible or is it is a society collectively responsible for their actions and just gets into this whole other realm of of complexity that superheroes are not, it's not just a given that they're all going to band together and everybody's gonna be hunky dory and they're going to fight evil. And it's as simple as that. It's more complicated than that, that there can be people who on occasions will fight for the same side, but they fundamentally disagree on terms of their own power, their own abilities and what that means for themselves as members of a collective global society and a interconnected universe at this point. All right. What does that mean? Also, it gives a great opportunity to introduce a phenomenal version of my favorite superhero and the Cosmic Wizard King's favorite superhero, Spider-Man. They finally introduce him in the MCU, which is great to see. It's just 
uh, finally a dorky a kid from Queens. That's exactly who Spider-Man is. That's exactly who Peter Parker is. And they continue to build on that after the fact. Um, Because he's shaped in a large part by what he experiences in Civil War in Germany by Tony Stark calling on him. And he's trying to grapple with that as a high school student, essentially. Um, And this, they see the the whole plot of, of Cap and Bucky and Tony, like all interconnect. And you see more of Bucky's like trauma explored in that movie. Um, and there's no nice, neat conclusion to the movie. And I like that, that superhero movies continue to build in that direction. That It's not as simple as there's one bad guy, there's a team of good guys. They fight the bad guy, and it's done. And it's more complicated than that. And it's like it's playing on more like human emotions, human psyches, human relationships. Um, and superhero is just a great, a great kind of like little mini culminating movie within a bigger universe. So there you go. There you go. Captain America, Civil ooh, War, ooh. third Snaps. round pick. Life is complicated. So complicated. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, at the end when you think that Tony is going to like kind of calm down a little bit and then he sees the video of his of Bucky killing his parents. Holy shit. Yeah, it's a, it's an emotional fucking movie. Like, <laughs> wow. I feel for Tony at that moment. But also I'm kind of like, "Whoa, Tony, hold up. Let's <laughs> let's take a hot second to chill." You know what's even crazier? Everything in that movie is basically set up through Winter Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who, well, had, I mean, who had Winter Soldier again? I, that wasn't the point. Hey, Cosmic <laughs> Wizard King, I can't vote for myself, and you can't vote for yourself. You're right. So, you're right. You gotta vote for true. someone. I just, that wanted to make that, I just wanted to make that point. <laughs> Dustin, you're next with the third pick. That's a good pick, Captain America Civil War. Thank you. Well, now that I... You're not going to like Cosmic Connections. <laughs> I was hoping someone would take it so I didn't have to take it, but thank you. It was Ooh. good. Now that I'm at the point where a lot of movies that I've seen and really love have been taken. You're like, so I'm just going to fire off of a list that I found. Rotten Tomatoes, highest ranked. Here we go. Oh, yeah. I know that Ben likes Spider-Man. So the highest ranked Spider-Man. That's really how you're going to pick your thing? <laughs> Wow. Oh, wow. wow. No, wow. no, no, no. That's not how I'm really going to pick. Now yes, he's backtracking. Yes, it fucking like, is. Oh, reel, no. reel it in. Oh, reel it in. Shit. Reel it he's in. Like, wait, wait. Let me go to another thing. Let I also like thing. the description that they wrote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, so are what? you picking homecoming or far from home? He's second guessing his whole plan. <laughs> he got called I out on see, it. I was on the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Oh, but don't oh, count. But no, 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 no. That's old. Yeah, but yeah. That's what I'm saying. I grew up on that. Got stuff. you. Yes. Got Haven't you. seen any of the new Spider-Man. Is that movies, ranked higher? Except for, um, which this be. isn't a part of it, but isn't the uh, Spider-Man the animated one? What's that one? Oh, oh part into of that the, one into, into the, the Spider-Verse. Verse. Yeah, I want to see that one. That's that was really so good. good. It's my yeah. favorite Spider-Man. Yeah, I want to see that one more. But Homecoming's ranked higher. Okay, so we're, we're doing Homecoming. So then. are you choosing Homecoming? I'm choosing Spider-Man Homecoming. Okay. 2017. Critical consensus. Spider-Man. Homing, homecoming. <laughs> now I'm all nervous. Y'all are judging my, my uh, route to get here. No, homecoming you, you does whatever a second re- reboot can, delivering a colorful, fun adventure that fits snugly in the small, sprawling MCU. Stop reading. Stop it. Stop it. It's Help me out, sick. Ben. Help me yeah. out. <laughs> Matt and I can tag team this. Yep. Because yes. we, you know. Dun, we love dun, Spider-Man. Dun. Spider-Man Homecoming Help is a great out. reboot because it brings Spider-Man into his true form. Exactly. A teenager. He's a teenager a young, in high school. Annoying, 
kid. He's a nerd. He's, he's a exact, nerd. Yeah, he the is. kid that you'd see in your class, he would be a great student, but he is your student no less. Mm-hmm. Immature, smart, but also a dumbass. And that's that's he's got a lot of heart. That movie will always hold a significant place in my heart because when I went and saw it with my wife, she said, I can't stand him as Spider-Man. And I said, <laughs> "That's the and point." I, and I was a little offended, but I asked, why is that? And she said, because he's just like a student. He just makes such irrational decisions. <laughs> and I said, Anisha, that is the point. Yep. He is a kid. Mm-hmm. Think of how perfect that casting and that writing for that character was. Mm-hmm. That they brought him to a true child's form where he's making bold yet irrational decisions. He has arguably the smartest mentor on the planet. Except for Shuri. Not introduced yet. Yep, that's yep. true. That's true. We're sticking within Homecoming. <laughs> he has the best mentor he could possibly have, and yet he doesn't follow the guidance that his mentor lays out to him. Like, I I mean, that, that movie is great for rebooting a character. It's great for explaining how Peter Parker can actually fit into the MCU as a whole. And I will give it this. It is a, other movies be damned. Like, Civil War, it's good for showing the consequences of what might happen after Sokovia, right? But we're talking big scale on big scale. S- how superhero events influence superheroes. Whereas Spider-Man Far From Home really starts to tackle that idea of how superhero events influence the average man. Mm-hmm. The average mm-hmm. guy. Because Michael Keaton's character in that movie, he's running his own business. Yeah, the vulture. Trying to clean up the debris that was left from the Avengers movie. So true. And who sweeps in? The government mm-hmm. who contracts the workout to Tony Stark. So Tony Stark is making money through his corporation on the damage that him and the Avengers cause. Yeah. And that causes, obviously, that's obviously an issue for the civilian population who actually work in that sector and inadvertently creates a villain for Spider-Man who's a local to New York where that event took place. Iron Man isn't a local to New York. Mm-mm. He's California. He leases a tower. Yeah, he's in California. And in and in Homecoming, the lease is up. Yep. It's done. They're not even based in, in New York anymore. So Spider-Man is a significant movie, not just for what the character, like who the character will become in the MCU, because what what Marvel wants to do is they want Spider-Man to be Iron Man moving forward, mm. because Spider-Man is the crown jewel in the Marvel crown. He's the most relatable superhero. He's the first superhero where in his comic, a character died, a character of consequence died because of his actions. That had never happened before Spider-Man. And this movie carries on that. Not that someone dies, but it lays out the consequence. Like, this immature kid has that capacity because of his decisions. And it, it'll it move forward. Like, it moves forward and far from home. Like, that's a that's a good pick. It's funny that you mentioned the kid thing, because the Tobey Maguire, he looks so old in that. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, and, 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 and you mean college. Tom Holland. In the Tobey Maguire one? Oh, in the in the in the Tobey Maguire well, one. The Tobey yeah. Maguire he one. Old in yeah. that. And so he does, does Andrew not look Garfield because like Andrew Garfield was already like thirty when they made Well, in like the Tobey Maguire one, like he actively graduates high school. And yeah. It's like yeah. but that, and, I, and I remember watching Avengers being like Spider Man looks like a kid, which is funny that you say that, Ben, because it reminds me of some other stuff. Like when Margin and I are watching Avatar or like other shows where you're like, 
you have to remind yourself of like the age of the characters, which yeah. kind of goes into Matt's thing of like, we expect superheroes to be just super mature leaders, all knowing no flaws. And when you get into that kind of stuff, like avatar, I had to defend Katara so many times where Marjorie's like, she's so bossy. She's just trying to mother everyone. I was like, Yes, because they lost their parents and their dads off to war. They lost their mom. Their kids cut them some slack. Dude, and Tom Holland, like, playing a kid, hits hard in Infinity War. When Tony comes home and he has to tell Cap, I lost the kid. Yeah. I Mm. lost the kid. Like, wow. I'm just thinking about it. Actually, I have an emotional impact right now. That's so. Because it's the, it is the most realistic version of Spider-Man and Peter Parker. Like, Peter Parker is not a grown ass man yet. No, no, no. But you know, Homecoming, it really established him as a dorky, awkward high school teenager who is still trying to figure out his place in the world. He had just been recruited to be part of the, like, an earth shattering group of superheroes. He took part in Civil War. And then he's like, what do I do now? I'm supposed to be the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And that's what Iron Man tells him. It's like, you are the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, but he's like, but I can do more. Cause he's like a ambivalent, like egotistic teenager who hasn't learned his lesson quite yet. So <laughs> yeah. Nice. Good On pick. You Ben. All right. Well, I'm going to keep up with the theme. If you hadn't picked homecoming, it would have been my next pick. Mm. So I think that's a good pick, especially for the third round. Um, but in the rating scale that I have, it is actually tied with the movie I'm going to take. Mm. So, no harm, no foul. Fist bump. I'll fist bump you for that. <laughs> the next movie I'm going to take is Doctor Strange. Ooh, oh. nice. Doctor Strange is, in terms of all the movies we've taken, we have, like, I made a top 16 list, and we have the top 10, including my pick, and then number 14. More on that later. Um, so we're staying, like... It's crazy how in line we are. Uh, But Doctor Strange is consequential for multiple reasons, right? Story-wise, it is a solid 9 out of 10. It's got great writing. It takes the character on a full journey where he completely changes from start to end. In previous episodes, like when we talked about Disney characters, we talked about Cusco. And his character arc, while it looks good if you look at the front and back, the writing in between is very, like, uh, it's not good. It's not good. It doesn't It doesn't explain certain changes. Doctor Strange does not hold to that line. It explains the changes. Captain America's Civil War tries to be, and this is going to sound like an attack on Matt, but it's gonna ex- I'm going to explain how it ties to Doctor Strange. Captain America's Civil War didn't know what it wanted to be. And because of that, there were a lot of things left on the table that didn't happen. There was no death that happened on the battlefield. There was no change of opinion that happened on the battlefield. And I want to specifically like look at that piece of no one of consequence died in that fight. So it didn't change anything. In Doctor Strange, which follows Civil War, and actually in the beginning of the movie, I mean, he's taking a call on uh, War Machine being paralyzed, like that surgery, when he gets in his accident. So it takes place right after But Doctor Strange shows the consequence and significance of death. It brings death of characters into the MCU in a way that had not been that had not been done in the universe before. Like that's why when we talk about there's a chance that Iron Man comes back, there's a chance. 
But there's also a real chance that he doesn't because Doctor Strange laid that foundation that death is consequential. It helps fill in the gaps in a story and its significance is only meaningful if it is followed through, right? Mm -hmm. That is a product of that movie. Not to mention its relevance to the greater MCU. I feel very fortunate with the team I have because Winter Soldier sets up everything on Earth. Guardians of the Galaxy sets up everything on space. And Doctor Strange sets up literally everything in between. Everything that ties to magic. Dormammu, the Dark Dimension, um, characters like Wanda, as we sit here at the end of WandaVision and we start to analyze, like, what does this mean for the greater MCU? That's all possible because of Doctor Strange. That's all possible because of how they introduce that character. Not to mention, not to mention the action in that movie is top-notch. The fighting in it is great. Dormammu, yeah. But just like the cool scenes of like the ancient one and it's like the pushing you out of your own body and whatnot. Yeah, Yeah. um, like moving out of your like corporeal form. Yeah, your own physical existence and into like a more like astrological plane. Yeah, and it takes the MCU into different like philosophic regions. Like the idea of moving into going, diving into a multiverse or diving into like... Um, because Ant Man comes after Doctor Strange, yes, right. So diving into the the microverse, uh, yeah, that's and, what and it is. The, the quantum realm, yeah, and the yeah. quantum realm, like all of that basically starts with Doctor Strange. So, not to mention the I, I keep coming back to the significance of death, but Doctor Strange is so important in that key because he's the one who really sets up the consequence of death in infinity war. Like he looks at like 14 million different outcomes and he understands that there's only there's one, only one. Yep. there's only one. And it's because of his experience in Dr. Strange that gives him the growth as a character that puts him in that moment that understands. I actually have to let myself be separated from like the solution because in the first movie, he is the solution in his mind. But by Infinity War, after the growth of that movie, he's thinking, okay, I need to be a product of the solution, not the solution itself. Well, and he learns from the time stone, too, of, like, what that actually means in the bigger picture. Because he had experienced that with Dormammu of, like, dying thousands of different times in order to achieve the correct outcome. Exactly. So then he knows by the time Infinity War rolls around, like, oh, shit, there's only one one version of this where we win and he's like and it doesn't involve me and i just have to trust it and that's because dr strange in terms of infinity war he doesn't hold that much screen time no but that's because of the growth that they set up for him in his movie because he doesn't need to have a lot he already has the important components that he needs to make the decision at the end of that movie and then also that first movie sets up everything that's coming in dr strange 2 and that was land in WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Multiverse of madness. I'm just saying. Wow. Like, I don't know wow. how I've ended up with this draft. I'm just like, holy shit, if I don't win, I'm going to be so sad. Dude. This is crazy. Dude, I'm, I'm loving the connections you're making. Dylan, it's your turn, okay. bro. Um, okay, I'm going to have to go. I guess I've got the wraparound, too, so there's that. Yep, you got some flexibility. Um, I know what my two picks are, so I'll start with the first one. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is going to be my my pick. Volume uh, 2. Yeah, volume 2 for um, the third round. 
because, okay, there's several factors that play into this. Um, while it may not be the first one that set this up, I think it's equally important for several reasons. First of all, it's got a killer soundtrack that I think in some ways actually... Nope, don't or, you dis- or, <laughs> Nope, 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 nope. Go there. He's wrong. Eclipse. Go there. Eclipse <laughs> Volume 1 soundtrack. That's not true. Secondly, I get that you have branded. to say it because you made the pick. I get it. But you and I both know, <laughs> we both and all everyone at this table knows, that ain't fucking true. I actually, I, <laughs> I disagree. But... Because um, you made that pick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go on. Uh, the second reason is because there's a classic, classic dilemma in place. And, and it's, been, it's been building, and here it is arriving. It's Peter's parentage. So Peter is going to have to come to terms with his origins in this movie. And, and that is, that's a lot to deal with. Um, I mean, I'm sure all y'all out there know, all right, I, we, we deal with it at some point, right? Realizing our parents may not be the greatest people in the world, right? That they are human or in Peter's case, maybe not human. Um, so the deal, human. the deal is he meets his father. He meets his real father, right? Peter. So, or so we think never really had a father. He didn't really have a mom because his mom died of cancer and he got abducted by aliens who apparently wanted to eat him. Uh, <laughs> well, Yondu ends up That's being based like on his Yondu's yeah. Hold on, whoa, but... whoa, 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 I'm building up to this. Well, damn Come on, man. I'm walking here. Come whoa, on now. Whoa. Uh, New York City. Hey, hey. Hey. So Kurt Russell, um, he's like, he's Quill's father, right? He's, uh, what, what do they call him? And Not an Ego. Eternal. He's not an eternal. He's a ti- he's a, a celestial. He's a celestial. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. So he's a planet, right? And he's telling Quill like, "Hey, you're gonna inherit everything, right? I loved your mom so much. I called her my water lily." Uh, but what ego and his name is very apt, right? Is is nothing but ego. I mean, he's spreading his literal seed of himself throughout the universe, and is gonna use Quill as a battery. And you can see, like, the mountains of previous dead children that he's tried to use that have failed in his, like, chamber down below. Um, but, yeah, what, like, like I was really interrupted before. What I was going to get to is, and it's cool because <laughs> Yondu, right, as he says, I may not be your father, uh, or he, what does he say? He may have been your father, boy, but he wasn't your daddy. So, Yondu, uh, and the people. Mary Poppage, y'all. <laughs> was it <he> cool? <laughs> also, Yondu's You're like arrow. Mary Poppins. Yondu's arrow. Was he cool? I'm Mary yeah. Poppins, y'all. He was cool. <laughs> Mary Poppins, y'all. Definitely humanizes Yondu a lot in that movie. Yondu's hilarious in that movie. Good movie. Yeah, really good. Uh, pulls at the heartstrings at the end. And it's a Guardians movie, so you get to see all those people back together again. Plus, adding a new element, right? Adding the new element in... I forgot her name. Help me oh. out. Someone rescue me. Are you talking about Mantis? Yes, Mantis. Oh, she's she's awesome. Number 10 over here. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm a number eight, clearly, or number seven. Jeez. I'm ashamed of myself. Well, that, and, and there's like a big falling out between Rocket and Peter, and like, yeah. They all, they all make up in the end. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Rocket's the Ooh. only one who still has like a character arc to fulfill. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. so yeah, Guardians 2. Excellent. Guardians 2. Guardians number two. Good. Huh. 
That was a good pick. Now we're going to venture. How fitting. Into the multiverse <laughs> of cosmic connections. Talk Here about we a segue. Are. My God. Woo woo. That was good. Here we are. I've been basically just talking this whole podcast, I feel like. Talk some more, baby. Gonna talk yeah. some more. <laughs> Give it to me. We're talking about kind of how just everything in general with the MCU, how there's some fan service going on, but then it's like hollow fan service and it doesn't really work out the way it should have. Matt, I'm sorry. Captain America Civil War getting drugged through the mud on this one. It's an unfortunate film. It's important to the overall MCU timeline. It's important, like it's good in terms of action. Its risk is hodgepodge. Like the studio wanted Avengers three, the Russos wanted Captain America three. There was no consensus on what, or no consensus, sorry, on what the film should and would be. So it left some, you know, some loose ends in the film. In the beginning. Tony Stark is upset because the Sokovia incident left a lot of people, including young people, dead from the events, right? But then halfway through the movie, he recruits Spider-Man. He's like, young people died. Hey, young person, come join the team. Yeah, see, so this is kind of like in conflict with what he's fighting for. (laughs) And also, I mean, it's cool, like Matt said. His favorite superhero, my favorite superhero, are both Spider-Man. And his introduction was definitely... It's appropriate for what the character actually is. Yeah, and the way they put him in, like, just kudos to how quickly they put him in because that Marvel-Sony deal was in yeah. the works and it was unclear whether he was going to be in there. They got him in. It was nice. But overall, story-wise, that the interaction between him and Iron Man, and I keep coming back to this, it would have been a great post credit scene. It would have left a lot to be desired for Homecoming. They threw it in there. He didn't add a lot to the fight. Mm -hmm. He was just kind of there. Exactly. I mean, he has a comedic moment with Falcon and Winter Soldier. Well, and he does the whole thing with Cap. Exactly. Hey, hey kid, where are you from? Queens. From Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah. Good, Good spots. But a little bit of problems with that. And it doesn't address the main consequence of Civil War. That is death of an ally in the face of a greater cause or in what you think is a greater cause and then realizing that it isn't. It glosses that over, and its namesake is Civil War. So if we look at the comics, it's almost like they named it something and didn't look at the fucking source material. (laughs) Does anyone learn anything by the end of the movie? No! They're exactly (laughs) where they started from. Yes, they're exactly where they started. What is the point of that movie? All it does is divide everyone. All of the ground... Interestingly enough, a ton of groundwork is laid in Age of Ultron for Infinity War. Captain America Civil War just makes sure the divide happens. But is it great execution? Eh, not really. (laughs) It's really not. (laughs) It leaves a lot to be desired. That's all I'm saying. It's an imperfect movie. It's an imp did they stick the landing? I mean, it was action packed. Yeah. It's thought provoking. It did some it it introduced Black Panther, although it's kind of a bummer how they introduced him. Yeah. But his dad dying and all, you know. Yeah. yeah. So that's 
I didn't want to just shit on your movie. This is a this is a bigger it. conversation. Like every MCU movie is is in some way, shape, or form flawed. Yes. Like the character. Exactly. This is <laughs> Which you see in Civil War. Yeah. yeah, but see, no, Civil War is not bad because of flaws within characters. It's flaws within writing and concept. It's flaws within story. That's the problem with it. It's flaws within risk. Do they take risks in the storytelling? If it was, if the Russos wanted to be a Captain America 3, that would mean it's the follow-up to Winter Soldier. Does it uphold what it's like what it is meant to do after Winter Soldier? Hell no. Well, Winter Soldier is arguably the best Marvel film out there, period. The fact that I got it third is amazing to me. But Captain America Civil War, again, because the studio wanted Avengers 3, it makes it complicated. It's, a half, it's a half and half. It's half Captain America 3, half Avengers 3. I think the movie, though, is really important because it does show um, kind of like what the world has to deal with post-Sokovia, with the Sokovia Accords. Well, and the, the whole, like, humans versus the superheroes, world, mm, you know? That's that's my cosmic connections. Excellent. I was just kidding, because... Nice. Civil War gets a lot of props, and I'm not saying that it's a bad movie. It's it's a good movie. It's just it's how it ties to the to the bigger ethos of the story leaves a lot to be desired. Oh, for sure, for right? Sure. So excellent. Sorry. <laughs> good job. Round four. We'll use that as a segue to get away from my harping on Matt's Civil War pick and talking about its problems, and move the spotlight back to Dylan. Who's got his last pick of the draft? And I'm going for Spider-Man: Far From Home. All right, all right. It's first of all a Spider-Man film. Second of all, um, you kind of see life a little bit post bringing people back from the snap. Not in the same way you do in WandaVision, but it's pretty interesting. Like when you see folks, I don't know, like <laughs> going on a field trip. How's, like, I don't know. I just, it, it really leaves you wanting more, right? It, I, which I think is what the movie does well. It leaves you wanting more, like, to know more about what this post uh, second snap. Damn world. it, dude. Neither of us got a Spider Man movie. I wanted to I know. I was, hoping that, I was hoping the Homecoming would last till the fourth round. I was going to snatch it. I'm really just like, wow. fuck. I wanted, I thought I was going to get Far From Home next, and I didn't. Sorry, Dylan, go for it. Yeah. So, um, and it's really cool, too. Because you've got Jake Gyllenhaal, right? Kind of jaded, former, I don't know, tech uh, Well, and the fact, the fact that they got Mysterio to be like a, a reasonable character, like portrayed reasonably, is pretty impressive. Because Mysterio is a ridiculous character, like in all the cartoons and whatnot. Like, okay, you're a special effects guy, whatever. But they do a good job of it. <laughs> yeah, so, and yeah. the fact that 23 films in, <laughs> you've just put a bow... On the whole thing with Endgame, yeah, and sure you're dealing with some aftermath in the 23rd film, but the fact that you tie up the main villain's quarrel with an issue that happened in the first Iron Man movie, a long time ago. Get out of here! It's kind of cool that they do that, though. Yeah, I don't know. Definitely. The tie-in is neat. Um, it's also got a neat like Captain Marvel tie-in too, which I don't really like Captain Marvel as a film, which is a shame because it's the first film with a female protagonist. Um, but it kind of brings back, uh, like Nick Fury, not actually Nick Fury in this film, right? He's uh, not a Cree. He's a scroll. He's a scroll. Thank you. Um, 
So that's kind of cool too. There's a lot of tie-ins with it. Um, plus, um, yeah, actually, that's what I wanted to say. I like it. It's a Spider-Man film. Uh, I, I don't think they can do bad right now the way Spider-Man is going. So I'll, I'll knock on wood for that, though. Nice. nice. Good work. Like I said, that would have been my next pick because it would have round out the theme of my picks, but it's all good. So I feel a draft is... Like, in this draft of top MCU movies, everyone needs an Avengers film. Dylan's got The Avengers. <laughs> Matt's got Infinity War. And kind of Captain America Civil War. That's kind of a two-for-one. Mm-hmm. It's confused. It doesn't know its identity. <laughs> Dustin's got Endgame. So I'm going to take what a lot of people consider to be the lesser of the Avengers film Titles? Thingamabobs? I don't know. Somethings. And I'm talking, of course, about Age of Ultron. So story-wise, it's not the greatest story. I'll admit. Right? But in terms of its overall setup for the MCU, it's definitely up there with the rest of them. It It scores a high total. It scores a high number. And in action, it also scores a high number. The fighting in that film is top notch and introduces Wanda... And her brother, uh, Quicksilver. Petro. Yeah, who they never actually named Quack- Quicksilver in the MCU because well, of we like. Know who he is. Yeah, yeah, we know who he mm-hmm. is. Um, introduces the Maximoff twins. Again, it shows what happens with the repercussions of both the Avengers film and Winter Soldier because the reason why Loki, sex- Loki Scepter is in the hands of Hydra is because of what you're revealed in Winter Soldier, that Hydra is actually has actually it's infiltrated actually shield. shield. So this subsection within Shield has taken the scepter and they're conducting experiments and they're creating or they're unlocking what we now would call mutant genes, but that hasn't been disclosed. Like there are Hopefully still it will be. It will be. It'll get there. But the amount of callbacks from Ultron, there isn't another movie that has as many callbacks as Ultron in regard to Infinity War and Endgame. I mean, take, of course, the scene where Cap is trying to lift the hammer, and he makes it budge. Yep, that's a joke in in Ultron. It's a joke, but it's speculated in that film that Cap did not pick up the hammer to spare Thor his ego. Mm -hmm. And then that's validated when you get to Endgame. Mm -hmm. It lays that groundwork. You're introduced Vision as a character. You're introduced... I, like it puts AI in the universe, which is coming into play in WandaVision, mm-hmm. right? The Infinity Stone is integral to that movie. It's integral to the whole 23 film arc. Again, the action in it is superb. All the Avengers working together and working better than they did in the first Avengers. It's top notch. Not to mention a completely vibranium villain. That's dope. Yeah. Pretty freaking dope, dude. Pretty dope. And it also sets up Black Panther because it introduces us to Ulysses Claw. Yes. It introduces us to that storyline, that arc of, oh, someone got Vibranium out of Wakanda. Mm-hmm. It was Claw. Without that movie, you don't have the setup for Black Panther. Yes, nice. you get Black Panther within Civil War, but you don't get Wakanda as a nation without Age of Ultron. Also, can I say, like, the fact that, like, they killed off Claw so 
quickly in Black Panther is kind of disappointing. Yeah, I was about to say that, man. It would have been such a he would have he's such a complex villain that would have been great to see play out and like as the main villain in a movie. He's fun yeah. to watch. He's really yeah, he, fun well, he's to a watch. character. Yeah. Definitely. Dope. Excellent. Hold yeah. on, I'm not done yet. <laughs> <laughs> because I said this about Civil War. In Civil War, they passed the Sokovian Accords. And that's tied to an incident that happens because of Team Cap in pursuit of Bucky at the beginning of the film. But it is called the Sokovia Accords. And as a table of historians, we need to recognize the significance of that because it is the UN, like, it's the UN specifically, who's using a different event to justify new legislation. The Sokovian event had already happened. What happened with crossbones and the bomb was unrelated to that, but governments were able to use... So it plays on that they were able to use that event to justify their means of uh, regulating superheroes, right? So it plays into that same theme that is laid in Winter Soldier. And it, and it continues to fill Captain America. Captain America refuses to sign the Okovia Accords in Civil War because of the circumstances... From Ultron, because he knew that if there was government regulation in that event, the city would have fallen and the world would have been destroyed. Right? So that Damn. movie is so consequential, not just to the whole MCU, but to like the movies that surround it on both sides. I'll take that as my Avengers movie. Nice. It is good. It's just, it's, it's consequential. It's just like the execution, unfortunately, wasn't there. And it's, I mean, you know, probably because there was just a lot, a lot, a lot going on. Well, I think it's got the same thing that Thor, Thor two had, which was like it's important when you talk about the grand. Scheme no, of you things. can't even compare those two. Like Age of Ultron is definitely, definitely in the top sixteen list. Thor two, you could never reason to be in a top sixteen. Consequential, like story writing, like how the story is written, relevance to MCU, level of action, and the risk in making the film. Ultron suffers in terms of an overall story and risk. There's not a lot of risk following up the first Avengers movie with another Avengers, right? But the relevance to the overall story is undeniable. It lays groundwork for what is necessary to happen in Civil War, to happen in Infinity War, and to happen in Endgame. The other Avengers movies after it don't happen without Avengers 2. So, Dylan, I hear you, but I disagree. What did I say? Nothing. I, don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I thought I, I agreed with you. I just looked at you because you were looking down. I, uh, <laughs> nice. Well, that's on to me, right? My yep. last pick. Last pick. On to you. Woo. Okay, I'm going to do the first Captain America. Nice. The nice. first Avenger. And that one, I actually feel like I'm going a little bit back to being fair and being honest. I have seen that movie. Nice. And so I can actually talk about it. Uh, it was pretty interesting because, you know, Captain America, I agree, Ben, it was never really my favorite superhero. It's kind of like, okay. Um, but hearing the origin story, I was like, okay, it's nice to actually feel a little bit more. I understand the character. I see the context. It was cool to have some World War II stuff going on. When I was looking some stuff up online, I remembered something because it's been a while. You know, that movie came out in like 2011, so it's been forever. Because I saw that one in theaters. <laughs> there was this guy online who was like, they montaged World War II, and I was like, oh, yeah, that would have made it way better because, you know, I was about that when I was growing up. I was reading everything on World War II. Could have been way cooler to go into the origin story. I do remember the villain being kind of like, meh, 
like the plot was like, what is going on? But yeah, hey, you know, it set up Captain America, and for me, it was like a first introduction into that superhero because all I ever knew was like, oh, it's like a patriotic dude with a shield, USA, USA, USA. So I was like, okay, now I know, and hey, kind of feeding off of Matt, it's the first Captain America, so he's coming back in the universe. He's an important character, I guess. <laughs> Seriously. I've been listening to you all. There's other Captain Americas that are important in the universe. So, boom, fourth, fourth round pick. First Dude. Avenger, let's go. And it was, honestly, I love that movie. I think it's so fun. Maybe I'm a sucker for World War II stuff, but yeah. I don't know. I love the campiness in it. They kind of owned the camp. It's I love definitely camp. campy. And they, yes. they owned it. And is it a perfect movie? Absolutely not. But it's fun. And I think that's what's important. It, it fits what Captain America is. It's for sure a good phase one movie. For sure. Nice. Yeah, I love camp too. For sure. Matty Ice. Oh. In my list of top 16, we have taken the top 15. Nice. It's crazy. To that's me. wild. I'm like, wow. All right. So to conclude the draft, See if we can the hit the last it. pick of the last round, I am going to go with the first Thor movie. Thor oh. 1. Thor 1. Thor 1. Oh, wait, wait, Ben, did he do it? That was not my number 16, but it's okay. Sell it to us. Okay. So Thor 1, 2011. If you think about the timeline of the MCU, you start off with Iron Man in 2008, and then you kind of pursue the the various iterations of both things that are happening on Earth and things that are happening out in space intergalactically. So I see your Guardians of the Galaxy, and I'm going to continue along that thread and say that actually Thor 1 predates that, and it introduces similar themes of something in a superhero that happens in a different reality, a different pocket of space that's also connected to Earth. All right, Thor is one of the core members of the original Avengers. All right, Thor as a character is pretty silly if you think about it. He's the god of thunder. He wears a flowing cape. He's got all the armor and swings a, a war hammer essentially, which in the comics, if you think about it, is kind of silly. But they do a phenomenal job in this movie of introducing him as a serious character who has, they lean into the fact that he has an uncontrollable ego, and that's his character arc in the first movie. He gets sent to Earth. He's banished by Odin because he's kind of a dick, right? He <laughs> thinks he's hot shit, and Odin's like, you're not hot shit. You need to learn some lessons. He gets sent to Earth. He meets Jane Foster, which also introduces a little bit of S.H.I.E.L.D., where the hammer lands in New Mexico, and they're figuring out what the hell is this thing. But also that it gets into a little bit more of the the overall ideas of Infinity Stones because they start talking about Loki and they're talking about the Bifrost and they start talking about the fact that Asgard is one of the realms and connecting everything in a little bit bigger of a picture that they have not explored yet. But they start to introduce it and it's a it's got good action. Thor's a funny character. They kind of they don't really lean into that as much in the second movie. They come back into the third. But they start within the first of Thor being egotistic, a little bit funny, trying figuring his way out in the world. They introduce Jane Foster, who will be a bigger, a bigger focus going forward with Thor four, Love and Thunder. Yes, all right, because she will be the new Thor, all right. But Thor one sets a stage of like there's more than just Earth. There is other realms. There are things out in space. There are things that are confusing, right? The Bifrost, all of that, right? 
Heimdall. Starts with Heimdall. Thank you. It starts all with Thor one, and it gets furthered by Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh no, I'm gonna push back on that because Thor one does not. It doesn't. It doesn't identify. Um, where Thor comes from as being attainable to mortals. That's true. The That's whole true. movie functions on the premise that it is beyond humanity. Yes. So Guardians of the Galaxy opens up the universe to everyone through travel, yes. whereas Thor restricts it. It keeps it to a pantheon. And even the citizens who live within, uh, what's it called? Where do they live? Asgard. And yes. The citizens who live in Asgard in Thor 1, you perceive them as being godly relative to humanity. So, yes, it expands in a way, but it doesn't feel attainable in a way that ties to our character's stories. Versus Guardians of the Galaxy feels like... I mean, again, you can't vote for yourself. Yes. So. Well, and that's that's why I mentioned the fact that, like, yes, it's, maybe it's not attainable, and that's why, like, Jane Foster is struggling to understand who exactly Thor is, where he comes from, and how this is even possible... But in the overall MCU, it's saying there's more than just Earth out there. And that's going to be something that gets explored further the more you go along. Yes, it's not attainable, but it's you get to a point down in the MCU where you're like, oh yeah, Asgard, Asgard's one of the realms. And there's more than one realm. See, and I think it just doesn't hold up because Ad, in the third movie, they completely flip that on its head. Asgard isn't a place. That's, it's a people. Yeah. Uh, and Asgard is destroyed, so it's not a realm. Like, the MCU has a funny way of kind of retconning some ideas that is put forward in the beginning because Asgard as a realm in that movie makes sense, mm-hmm. but by film 23, it doesn't hold up because the it's been destroyed. And then you learn Asgard isn't a realm. It's a people that are now on Earth. Yeah, I guess yeah. I would I would still... But it's expan- I get what yes. you're saying. The expansiveness that it introduces in its first film, that's what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. And I tip, as, it sa- as, as Jake the Rattlesnake says in Rango, I tip my hat to you, sir. <laughs> when does Thor tell them that, like, okay, Earth is now ready for a higher plane of, of war? When does he say that? Which movie? Is it in Thor, Thor 2, or Avengers? When It might be in Avengers yeah. because of the Tesseract being active there. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would say. But, also, uh, real quick, just to conclude my little bit, they also introduce Loki in Thor 1. Yes. Who arguably is the, one of the best characters in all of the MCU. Yes. He is hilarious. Tom Hiddleston, when we, we've talked about this before, right person at the right place at the right time. Tom Hiddleston as Loki, perfect character. I mean, yeah. He's getting his own series. All right. I knew he would come back. So good. I knew when he disappeared in Infinite in uh, Endgame with the Tesseract. <laughs> it's like first of all, like why was no one watching him? Yeah. Second of all, yes, like yes, we are going to get more Loki because he's so, so fun. So good. I so love fun. Uh, yeah. I'm done. I'm done. That's the end of it. Yeah, because that Thor doesn't set up Loki series. So let's be careful, Dylan. Pump your brakes. Well, I'm just excited. Yeah, well, I understand. (laughs) I understand. It's time to make our cases. Dylan, you're going to have to make your case first. Let me log in here. Okay. He's logged. It's time to make your case. I'm ready. Just for all of you who don't realize it, we're making our cases. For our teams. Yeah. In reverse order. We have to defend ourselves. Dylan, me, yeah. Dustin, Matt. Starting in three, 
two, one. All right. I'm starting off my team strong with Thor Ragnarok, the best Thor movie, period. And also one of the obvious, obvious first round picks that you could have, Thor Ragnarok, reintroduces Thor as a funny character and also a character with like heart, right? Explores that kind of brother fraternal relationship between him and Loki brings in a new element, the sister Hela, right? Adds some complications there. And then also dives deep into exploring what it even means to be an Asgardian, right? Asgard isn't a place. It's a people. Um, and of course Thor is King for like two seconds before Thanos comes and kicks his ass. Uh, so we've got Thor Ragnarok. We've got Avengers. All right. This is the thing that comic book nerds and uh, kind of savants have wa- have been looking forward to and as kind of unreachable for decades. Avengers is so important. Okay. Um, I mean, for the first time ever, you could get these great, great, super important characters circling up. And fighting in the Battle of New York. It's spine tingling the first thing, the first time it happens. Then we have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Amazing. I knew you and were Spider Man Far From Home. You're done. You're done. Shut up. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Beep, uh, Vote for me. I knew you were going to Too finish. much. Don't vote for him. He, he spent too much time uh, on the first two movies. That's spent okay. too much time. You're feeling okay. each one so it's hard. It's fine. <sighs> My turn. Dun, dun, dun. I have Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Doctor Strange, and Age of Ultron. Now, Winter Soldier is the best in all of the MCU movies. The fact that I took a third is beyond my understanding, but I'll take it. It's the closest that the MCU comes to the Dark Knight. It introduces a full range of characters that are influential all the way through the 23 film arc and post into Phase 4. It also sets up that fun kind of play with government you know, secret government, James Bondy type feel. If you don't like superhero movies, you can still watch Winter Soldier. It plays great. Not to mention the my best friend is my enemy bit that plays throughout the film. And that'll carry over later. So it sets up everything moving forward on Earth. My second pick, The Guardians, sets up everything moving forward in the cosmos. The Guardians show how you can traverse different planets, different sections of the galaxy, and how you can bring different characters into the same team in a fashion that the Avengers do, but without the name recognition. Also, soundtrack killer. Doctor Strange opens up magic, opens up the microverse and the cosmic dimensions. It introduces characters' true potential and power, like Doctor Strange himself and Wanda Maximoff. Um, Integral moving forward. And then Age of Ultron. That is just Easter Egg Central. That's fan service. It's Avengers 2. <laughs> that nice. was a kiss at the end. I like that. That was nice. perfect. Good job. Yep. Dustin. All right, here we go. I started off with Black Panther. Then I went with Avengers Endgame. Then I went with Spider-Man Homecoming. Then I went with the first Captain America, the first Avenger. The first two, iconic. I loved Black Panther. I thought that was not... I'm not going to make a direct comparison as like to the dark Knight, but that's like a superhero movie where I feel like even non-superhero fans can kind of get into the storyline, get into the plot. It's complex. I like the writing. I loved the villain. 
Um, for Endgame, I guess I figured out something new about myself as well. I am not like Matt. I like the endings. I'm a closer pitcher. I definitely liked Return of the Jedi and the moments where the heroes come up victorious and you feel like that full conclusion. So I went with Endgame and not Infinity War. It's iconic. Those eighth graders wouldn't shut up. Went with <laughs> Spider-Man, great superhero. Loved what uh, Ben and Matt said. Bailed me out on that one. You heard. Rewind. They said a lot of cool things. Great. Spider-Man's a kid. They actually showed that character development realistically as a kid. That's cool. And then, of course, we got the campy Captain America. That's awesome. Good first. It's early in the world or the MCU. Um, did what needed to do for first. And kind of piggybacking off of Matt, it set up the later Captain America stuff. So, hey, if you're into the openings and the origins, there you go. I got some of that, too. Good job. Way to be concise to yes. the times. Matty Ice, you're next. All right, so to recap my teams, I have the original Iron Man 2008 as my first round pick. The second round pick is going to be Avengers Infinity Game. The Infinity, Infinity War. War. My bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> the next one. Infinity Game. <laughs> Infinity Game. The Woo! next one is going to be Cap uh, Captain America Civil War, and my concluding pick was Thor 1 back in 2011. My rationale is the first pack it starts off everything. It's the first that makes it all else possible. Iron Man 2008. It was a risky adventure in the beginning. Understanding that there are other serious superhero movies, but this was the first attempt in the MCU to connect everything further down the road. The second pick, Infinity War. It's the Empire Strikes Back at the MCU. It's the one that makes you feel the most emotional. It sets up things that are still being dealt with in other TV series like WandaVision currently. And it makes you very, very emotional. If you, Like I said previously, if you do not tear up when Peter Parker says, I don't feel so good, Mr. Stark, you don't have a soul. Third movie, all right, you got Civil War. It shows that superheroes are fallible, that they have problems. It's not as simple as everybody banding together and fighting evil, that there are other things that need to be grappled with in terms of oversight over, over superheroes, as well as superheroes dealing with themselves. It's not always as easy as everybody banding together, and they, they show that complexity very well, and they introduce Spider-Man in that film, which is my favorite superhero, and they do so in a realistic manner that gets explored more in and homecoming and far from home. All right. And the last one is Thor one, which also is a continuous MCU, which also shows you that there are things happening outside of earth. Done. Wow. Done. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Nice. Nice job. Ran out of oxygen there, but you got it out. Very impressive. Good job. Can I just say like, as someone who felt like they were stumbling over words today, except for my deep dive, I was super impressed by that. I think I've got like post win Super Bowl hangover right now. Yeah, you're, you're flying high. It's okay. Flying it's all high. good. Dylan, you were the only one that didn't finish in the time. I know. Yeah, I know. You know what? That's totally funny and fine. Uh, I just I'm impressed with all of y'all. So good job. I think you all three are winners today. Rocking. Aww, well, thank you. there can only be one real winner. Oh, that's all I care about. <laughs> <laughs> so. We need we need to pick a winner. Woo! It's time to tally the votes. Dun, and you dun, know, dun. we did this differently. I told y'all we'd do it differently. This whole three, two, one point. It's not satisfying. It's not good in the moment. We're doing survivor style. It makes you feel uncomfortable. So yes, we shifted to a survivor style method. Each of us walked away, put our vote into a glass, a little glass jar. And now we're going to reveal the votes. Cue tribal music, music. Boo-doo. Tribal. Doo, hold doo. on, hold up. No, sorry. I said tribal music, music. Tribal <laughs> council music. But nice. this is like the last episode. 
you want the votes. Mm-hmm. You want them. So I'm thinking like like the, uh, the music at the end of uh, Return of the Jedi, you know, like when they're celebrating oh, yeah. on Endor. Yeah, do, like do, 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 Of a montage of us just all going back there. Yes, yes. with some dramatic camera work. Do, do, like, yeah. do, do, some interviews of us do, just do, being do, like, this is tough. Do, this do, is do, really do, tough. Do, <laughs> do, do, I love that, dude. My heart is torn. Yes. Yeah, okay. The first vote. Here we go. This is so much more dramatic. This really is. Matty Ice. <laughs> oh! Matty Ice has, has one. Matty Ice has one. You know, I thought about a drawback of this. We're all going to learn each other's handwriting eventually. Yeah, yeah. And then we're going to look at each other like... Ben. Oh! That's me! Ben won. Matt won. Third read. Ben with the number two. <gasps> nice. The question is, oh, does Ben get the no, undisputed no. win? Oh, or do shit. I have to share it with Matt? Or is it tied? There's one that's really folded up. Jeez. Real folded Some up. Origami. Yeah! Oh, yeah! Let's go! <laughs> well, you know what? I couldn't have voted for myself, so that means the Matt pick had to have come from me, and I was really torn between Matt and Dustin. But Dustin, what got me was... I never watch the first Captain America because I will always go to the second one if that's the case. (laughs) And for all the shit that I talked about Civil War, I've probably watched it more than all the other Avengers movies because the action in it is just so good. good. You see Captain America tearing through shit. Dude, he's going so hard. He slams his shield into, into Tony Stark's like um, sternum, basically. Yeah. yeah. Like, what is it in his, in his arch reactor? Yeah. Honestly, within his suit. I thought he was gonna fucking kill Tony. I really did. Well, if this was based on the comics, someone should have died. Should have been Cap. But this isn't the comics. This is the MCU. Yes, I won the MCU. Let's go, Disney Redemption. Y'all, tell me how much you liked my team and why you voted for it. Uh, yo, I just want to say I was having a hard time because I was leaning towards Matt because Matt had a really good team, but then I remembered your justifications and tie-ins for everything, and that ultimately got my vote. So good on you for that. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say the the big kickers for me for voting for the Cosmic Wizard King were definitely Guardians of the Galaxy because I do believe that that opens up the MCU to a whole another realm of possibilities. And you even tied in Doctor Strange with that too because, again, that's the direction the MCU is heading, and that just takes us into a whole another realm, literally a whole another realm of possibilities. So I think that combined. Also, I I I've been sleeping on Ultron, and I think your justification for Ultron was great in terms of setting up the concluding events of Infinity War and Endgame of like how that all pieces together based off of what happens in Age of Ultron. So there you yeah, go. especially since it's considered like one of the bottom of the barrel. Sorry, MCU movies. Um, you yeah. did a really good job you of like sold that what really very it. very well. I like Guardians. <laughs> <laughs> That's my second favorite. Black Panther's first, Guardians second. Yeah, Black Panther's great, and so is Endgame. Homecoming, fire. Yeah, that Infinity War. I agree on the Empire Strike. Like, I like Return of the Jedi more yeah. than Empire Strikes Back. And I like the, the kind of, like, conclusion, the nice bow on Endgame. But I like what Infinity War does for the whole arc because if you go back and you watch that movie and you go into it thinking, oh, Thanos is the good guy. 
Like if you just because I remember the first couple times I watched it, it's like, oh, you're on the Avenger side. It's a bummer. But if you watch it from the perspective of like, oh, Thanos has something here. It's the same as Killmonger. Yeah. Like you watch it that way and you're like, oh, damn, he did it. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good shit, bro. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, this is the segment where I would read your comments. We ain't got none, though. Well, I mean, I have a couple. They're both from the same person. How, so I'll just read one. And it's pretty simple. It's pretty to the point. This is from a from a teaches SS. A loyal listener. Mr. Martin. A loyal listener. Talking about the Monuments episode. Oof, Uh-oh. This one. This one. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, snap. Oh, boy. Big D. Big D. Dude from St. Louis <laughs> not picking the arch. Seriously? Question mark. Ooh, DeLon, they're coming for you. That's that. That's it. That's the only comment I got. Everyone, please put your like, give us some comments. Get on the Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of them. Get on the Apple Podcast, Spotify. Leave us a, a review, five stars or anything. We just want to read re- your reviews. Also, let us know what you want to hear. I mean, we're we have a whole list of topics, but if you want to hear something, let us yeah, know. We'll make it priority if it's cool. Yeah. Also, well, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk. Well, at least igno- even if it sucks, we'll tell you in a podcast. Like, no, we're not doing that when it sucks, but it's all good. You can find us on YouTube. Search Mount Draftmore will come up. It's that page. You'll see our podcasts are all there. You can also find us on other platforms. Such as Twitter, at Draftmore. Facebook, uh, Mount Draftmore Podcast. Instagram, at Mount Draftmore. Find us at those places. We see you're listening. This isn't some big brother shit. Where we upload the podcast, it tells us how many downloads we have. I see that you're watching. Sorry, you're not watching. I see that you're listening. Don't be a lurker. Just tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear. Tell us what your team would be. And above all else, the most important, tell us who you thought won. Because <laughs> there are two winners. There's the in-studio winner and there's the public winner. And it is contested. Yeah, and yeah. right now, we're just kind of riding on the in-studio winners. You know, we're kind of eh, feeling good. Flexing our vests with our little in-studio stu- yeah. in badges. But it's up to you. Give us the give us the quality wins. That's all we got for you this time. We'll see you again on Mount Draftmore. Until next time, be safe out there. Peace.